going on, good people? These are your favorite friendly neighborhood Casa Negroes yep. back for another episode of the Jigsaw Podcast. I am Josh Rogers. I am Brian Hare. And we want to welcome you to our show, the show where we talk about all the things, but in particular, we talk about the perils, the praises, the productivity, and the pop and circumstance of being black millennials trying to figure out life. Brian, yes. how are you, brother? Man, it's a great day to be black as always. Always a great day to be black, man. Glad oh, yes. to be here in the land of the living. Um, mm. Many to make it, but we're still here. We're still here. I feel like we just need to start queuing either Dorinda or the whinings right there. We, do. <laughs> we just need we to be do. like a little sound bite or something. <laughs> we are still here about the grace of God. Listen, listen. Did you go to uh, church last Sunday? Did I go to church? Yeah. No, I was worshiping in some cooch, but I wasn't oh, going to oh, church. Oh, it was my oh, anniversary. Oh, okay, anniversary. Weekend. So, what, what, what? How did that go? How did that it went go? well. We went to the Nola. Okay, New Orleans, great city, great city. All the, I, you know, can I tell you a discovery that we found? Okay, Asha actually pointed it out. So you know, every a lot of people talk about people in New Orleans and their accents, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell you how I know black people are special in the Lord's eyes. Okay, none of the white people talk like that. <laughs> They don't, baby. They didn't have. They didn't have it, bro. They and I'm talking about native whites. (laughs) When they were talking, you could. They had like a southern dialect, but it wasn't the what's going on, baby. Like we was asking a couple of people. Like we had an like I had an itinerary. We asked. We we had a schedule of things to do, but we was you Uh know kind of trying to get like some other ideas and maybe some different restaurants. You know, just kind of weigh our options. And some of the black people, even the like the concierge. When we we had to switch rooms real quick because there was something wrong with our original bed, and mm-hmm. uh, even the how she was talking to us and just like being so polite and all that other kind of stuff, like her accent was deep, it was strong. Mm. We met some white. We went to this one restaurant uh, where the our we sat at the bar because it was full, and the two bartenders, the three bartenders were white, and they just they sounded they actually sounded like Midwestern people, mm. but later found out they were from New Orleans, bro. And I'm just like, wow. See, God didn't give it to y'all. Nah, this is something special. He ain't sprinkle it on. on <laughs> he didn't sprinkle it on. This is unseasoned. That's how, I, that's how I know we. That's how I know we favor. That's how I know Loris lives in our blood, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, but we got it. Um, but beyond that, New Orleans was great. It was my first time in New Orleans since I was sixteen. So as an adult, mm-hmm. it was Ash's very first time. We started off. You know, people was in the DMs thinking I was rich because I bought the woman of God a new ring. And mm-hmm. I took on a private helicopter tour. It <laughs> was like, oh, niggas out here doing it. I was like, <laughs> you know, these things are pre-planned. You have to say, I'm, you know, I'm a regular guy like they're like everyone else. Right. Um, but it was dope being in. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna hold you. It did make me be like, Rev, we gotta take a trip on a PJ. Cause get, go, going to that private airport, bro, and getting Goodbye. on the plane at night <laughs> and getting the champagne as you're getting on the plane. It was like, oh, I can only imagine <laughs> what a, a full flight experience is like. Uh, right. And your sister had the nerve to say, only thing she thought while she enjoyed the helicopter, she just was praying that we didn't die because she was only thinking about COVID. <laughs> she, was oh. like, she was like, that's <laughs> how the man of God died. <laughs> that sounds accurate. <laughs> and she said, this ain't how I want to go out of here. She was like, <laughs> and he, she was like, you seem so calm. I didn't know if you had to set up. I said, you thought I was trying to kill you? You thought I was trying to kill you? <laughs> Why you kill both of y'all together? Like what? Like, <laughs> like, oh, she said, I thought you, you may have had a setup, and you was going to escape. I was like, no. I what? Said, life insurance. 
the life insurance was just paid. However, <laughs> it gets paid around this time every month. <laughs> and that is not the case, girl. Are you crazy? Are you crazy? Right. I said, your anxiety was through the roof. <laughs> um, but that but that was a high note of the trip. We started it off high. And then Friday we did bourbon, we did Frenchman Street. Yeah. Um we got a frat brother who told me to do bourbon during the day and Frenchman uh-huh. at night. Mm-hmm. Um and we did that combo and it was cool. And then yeah. we went to a couple of black owned spots, Vandals, um, which is like this hookah lounge and stuff, super dope vibe. Um uh-huh. Morrow's black owned restaurant. Um uh, we do into the black owned art studio. I mean, we did some like really Deep cultural stuff too. Right. Um, authentic seafood boy, of course. Beignets. I, oh, yeah. I wanted Cafe to try the difference between Cafe Du Monde mm-hmm. and Cafe Beignet. Now, one of the Lyft drivers told us, New Orleans native as well, that Cafe Du Monde is the popular girl at the school table. Right. While Cafe Beignet is the more authentic girl at the school table. Mm. <laughs> so okay. I, we didn't get a chance to go to Cafe Beignet. But when I tell you Cafe Du Monde, they're not disappointed. It did when, not, brother. And when I tell you our beignets had actually come fresh out of the Greeks, <laughs> so they were mm. like hot and bubbly, and that uh-huh. powdered sugar was sticking to that fresh grease. I, uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. I don't know who that Cafe Beignet girl is, but right now Du Monde is speaking to me. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, Listen, New Orleans is my is my is my favorite American city to travel to. I almost turned like, into a Frenchman. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's it's a great city, man. Like it has great culture, great history. Food is like impeccable. Like you can just go to random spots and food is going to be really good. And that's um, the thing. So the restaurant I mentioned to you about the white um, mm-hmm. bartenders, bartenders that was actually recommended for a brunch spot because they had bottomless mimosas, right? Oh, and bless you. Um, yeah, it was they were good too. And I said, listen, I need to get at least. I need at least three to get my money's worth because they were, mm-hmm. I think, $10 a piece and it was $25. I said, so if I do $30 worth, mm-hmm. I ended up with seven. But that ain't what we're here oh, to talk about. We're here to talk- <laughs> <laughs> and then they let you put your own orange juice. I was like, bam, let's get mimosas. Um, but no, um, even though that restaurant was not like black owned and probably didn't have Big Mama and them in the kitchen, right? like to your point, because it was New Orleans and Creole style food, it was still yeah. so flavorful. I think mm-hmm. I had a burger. I think I had a burger on their brunch menu. Bro, that burger was dripping. It was so mm-hmm. freaking. Everything. Yeah. And, oh, and I had a cup of gumbo for my appetizer at that particular mm-hmm. restaurant. Everything was good. It was just. Everything. I mean, it was good. And then, of course, we went to Morrow's, the black owned joint. Yeah. I had the uh, crawfish linguine, and they gave me two nicely sized pieces mm-hmm. of catfish filet on top of my crawfish linguine. Listen, you know, I'm I was in heaven. You. Bro, I'm telling you, man. Like, uh, and then imagine we go. We normally go to the, the French Quarter Festival, which French Quarter Music Festival, which is usually like in April. So imagine mm-hmm. doing all that stuff that you did, and then going to the French Quarter, and then going walking around live music, plus yeah, they have man. little vendor spots like the food, the, the the um, all the different places in New Orleans that have like food and stuff like that. Yeah, you can buy little pieces of food, and you can also drink all day. Like imagine that for like two days in a row. Like yeah. that is New Orleans is one of my favorite places. I told Ashley it, it like, never disappoints. I had been before, but like I said, I was sixteen. It was really because I went to the band. I was in the band, and we went to yeah. I forgot who we went to. I think Xavier's homecoming. Uh-huh. We did you know if you're in black band, you y'all y'all you shout out to the high school band heads. We used to travel to the HBCU yeah. band home to these HBCU homecomings and march in their parades. Mm-hmm. So one couldn't do a whole lot because you were sixteen. Two. 
we were only there for like a full like work hour shift, like an eight or nine right. hour day. Um, but I remember, I remember parts of the culture and I remember eating really good, but of course not really exploring the city um, yeah. the way I could have. So it was a dope time. We did say that if we ever do a couple's trip again, which we probably need to do one, yeah. um, that could be definitely one of the places, bro. Cause yeah. it was just, it was, it's, and it's so much culture. That's the thing I love. And it's so, and you know, I love a good black city. Yeah. I come from a big black city. Mm-hmm. So I love another black city and New Orleans is black. You hear me? Now yeah. we'll tell you this. It's hella black. We stayed on St. Charles, right? It's a pretty touristy uh-huh. kind of area. But leading up to St. Charles, it's kind of it's it's one I don't know what ward we was in. <laughs> but Reverend, as that lift drive was coming, and I was looking at her map. <laughs> And I saw that there was only three more blocks left until we got that destination. I was over there mm-hmm. praying. I was like, Lord, I don't know what we knew. I don't know what. Because I booked oh, this in yeah. a hotel Indigo. So, you know, I'm like, you know. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, I said, I don't know where we at, Lord. I said, but if we knew. And literally, like most cities, we crossed over a railroad. Yep. And the whole area. <laughs> yep. Everything gentrified. I said, okay, Lord. Okay. All right. <laughs> I said, but we can't walk a block back. because we no, walk, Oh, no. We walk mm-hmm. a block back, brother. Uh, and then... One thing Ash learned about me, um, and I think I've learned this. I learned this actually from some white colleagues. Uh, when I'm in a more walkable city nowadays, yeah. I actually get out and walk. Yeah. Um, I, because one, doing Ubers and Lyfts every single place, if you don't have a rental car, is expensive as crap. Um, yep. Two, renting a car can sometimes be an inconvenience, especially if you're in a hotel. You got some 30 to 40 and $50 per day, mm-hmm. you know, ballet things, whatever. Especially so, like, a downtown place. Yeah, exactly. So if you're in a space, and Aim Loki taught me this too. If you're in a space that has Popeyes mm-hmm. and all the other kind of stuff around where you can grab something really quick in between your more fancy meals and you know the yeah. Walgreens and or maybe just shops and diners and bars that are close. If it's say a, a one mile walk, I'm okay with that little twenty minute walk. Cause you also yeah. get to see parts of that city that you would likely mm-hmm. never see any other time. Yeah. And, and on top of that, like I think when we went to New Orleans, I think at one day we walked like ten miles in one day because um, we were just mm-hmm. walking around. We didn't get a rental car, nothing. We didn't do lift. We just we took a shuttle from the airport. We stayed downtown, um, and we just walked everywhere. And think about it, if you're eating all day and drinking, that walk is mm-hmm. is helping you out because you're not just eating and sitting all day. You're literally just walking around the city, eating, drinking, and enjoying yourself. Yes. So like, yeah, I agree with yes. that. Yep. Yeah, and then I think one of our little walks, we actually walked up on an area that reminded me of like a a little Five Points in a sense, because it was like a bunch of like mm-hmm. vintage bars that had that kind of midtowny kind of yeah. look and feel. And then just like for me, although I don't, I'm not in community development anymore like I was, admiring right. the architecture of certain buildings and things like that is a, I like that part of any city. Um, but anyway, I, I got asked to do some walking and exploring. Now, if it's like one of them areas, like we went to California, we were up in the hills, deep in the neighborhood. Yeah, and, and then Coyote. I don't play like that. Yeah, you can't. Um, can't but if we there. were, but if we were on like toward the bottom of that hill in the area we were staying in, near that busier yeah. street, I wouldn't have mind getting mm-hmm. out and walking up and down that street. Anyway, I say all that right. to say, great time. Definitely want to go. Ash was talking about going to Essence next year. Um, mm. So I'm like, let's go. I'm going to speak on this show that me and Brian are going to be invited to the podcast stage. We are. So it'll be a work trip for us. It will be. And we'll just, you know, yeah, we'll be there podcasting, talking to all the people, um, having a great time. I've never been to Essence before, so I think that would be a uh, a great mm-hmm. time. 
And to be walking. Yeah, I've never been to Essence either. I I, I did tell Ashton, my only reservation about Essence. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. I feel, I don't know that we've aged into the demographic of Essence. Of Essence, okay. (laughs) I feel like Essence is the auntie, uncle fit. (laughs) Now, I feel like we can go down there and have a good time. Yeah. And I'm sure there are quite a bit of, but I think over, it's almost like Ames. I'm using I'm using mm. the church again. You yeah, know how Ames is the auxiliaries uh-huh. in ministries. So uh-huh. you got youth evangelism, Sunday school, everybody, but right. it is primarily targeted toward youth. Yes, because think about Essence's main stage: Bangkok, mm-hmm. <laughs> Patty Labelle, <New> Edition, <laughs> Patty LaBelle. Like this year they had Nikki, <laughs> but like but Nikki was an anomaly, still surrounded by. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Your, your 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 top tier artist, <laughs> right? Your top the tribute to the clock right? right? Not a tribute to Kirk, <laughs> not a, not even a tribute to Yolanda. And, and right. I love the clock sisters, but still, mm-hmm. when you think about it outside of a cogent context, they speak to a certain level, yeah, or a certain demographic of people. So yeah. I just feel like while I'm I'm not I'm game. If we want to plan, we can go. I just I just have to. Course, correct my brain now to mm-hmm. understand that we're gonna be partying with our mamas, <laughs> essentially. Yeah, and that's just what it's gonna be. Mm. Right, it's gonna be going to all linen linen parties, all white Ooh. linen. And I might have they to love go a- give me one of them bitches polos. <laughs> Listen, aunties, they love a good white all white linen party. But don't you don't don't. Don't Gen X love an all white party in general? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I love really all white don't parties. like all white parties. I feel no, like I that is the worst. Uns- I got some stuff because I've been invited to them, but I feel like that is mm-hmm. the worst ensemble set I always have to produce. Yeah, it's so like it's just basically. <laughs> I don't wear white shoes with all white. No. Number one, so now I'm forced to find a really nice shoe, and I feel like men have the the, the worst options <laughs> when it comes to all white. Right, because you have to like find some white pants that you know. Yeah, essentially, it's gonna be white pants at top or a white or a white suit. But there's only yeah. so many ways that's gonna look for men. So you, so now right. you're forced to either get you a nice shoe, you know, accessories. Women, it's gonna be all white dresses, but the dresses are so many different styles, cuts, sheer, mm-hmm. you know, cleavage, no cleavage, long sleeve, short sleeve, high splits. They can do pants. They can do a jumpsuit. They can do a short sleeve jumpsuit. They can do a short. Right. I mean. Everything they make for women, they make it all white. Men, it's just white pants, white shirt. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe white a shirt. few variations in the type of shirt, and that's it. Yeah, bro, I don't like all. Anyway, but that's that on it. How was your Labor Day weekend? You were in Memphis. Uh, it was in my black I city. was in Memphis. I was in, I was in your black city. Uh, wasn't that too long? We got in Saturday, left Sunday night. Saturday morning, once left Sunday night. Got a chance to oh, spend time with family. Home. Yeah, we got to Saturday at 7 a.m. Uh, we arrived at 8 o'clock, well, 9 o'clock um, Memphis time. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, flew. To, yeah, we flew. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Got a chance to spend some time with, uh, you know, the good brother, uh, Christopher Moore, mm-hmm. Kiana, and their son who turned one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was great. Got a chance to play some golf with Chris and then came home that Sunday night uh, and then spent my actual labor day at home just you know relaxing and stuff like that so it was good we actually you actually rested from your labor no 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 we um (laughs) 
we had some, you know, I, I think I've may have said on the podcast before, we had to get our kitchen redone and remodeled and then okay. all the stuff was put in storage from all the different places on the first level because we had to redo our hardwood floors. So the stuff came back Friday before we left. Mm-hmm. Um, so we pretty much started unpacking some of the boxes on Monday uh, to try to get some okay. things going. So, and then we had our cleaning person come on Tuesday. So we had to kind of get a lot of stuff set up and in place for them to come in on Tuesday and then also put some stuff off of the shelf. So we didn't really rest. It wasn't, it wasn't um, a lot of work, but I definitely didn't rest, but it was, it was cool though. Y'all see how many got flexed on us? He got a kitchen renovation, new floors. Then he brought his, he's made in. Made. <laughs> I mean, you just. <laughs> not a maid. Uh, a nice, a nice lady who comes to clean. Her name is Heather. You know. Heather's your maid. And it's okay. <laughs> a white maid. Lean into that. <laughs> yes. Reparations. <laughs> Reparations. <laughs> yeah, we do have a white Did you barbecue at all? We didn't. That that grill has been sitting since um Me either. Since like I'm April. To, I'm about to throw my grill away. Really? You think so? You gonna get a brand well, new not one for to, the new spot? Not, yeah, to to get a new one for the new house. Yeah, I think yeah. I want all things. All right, I double horse shut I want all things new. I want all things new. He makes all um, things new. But no, on the real side though, like after the pandemic, I think at one season I left it uncovered. And it still works and gets the job done, but it started mm-hmm. to rust. Right. And I've had it for like four years now. So I felt like and I got it on sale. So I feel like I got my money's yeah. worth, that little hundred and twenty dollars yeah, yeah, yeah. worth. Um, because I've used it a lot. So I just in my brain, I'm just gonna get a new one, probably catch another sale. By the time we mm-hmm. move into our home, we'll be going into fall season. I don't yeah. grill heavy in the fall. If I do anything, it's like smoking a turkey for the holidays or something like mm-hmm. that. Um right. but yeah, so I'm probably I'm just gonna start over. Yeah. And girls are even expensive like that. I wanted I actually wanted Jaden said, Daddy. I want some ribs for dinner, but he said it at like 730. I'm like, oh. <laughs> let me grow. You can't I just, said, you know, make ribs. Right. Like, I'm like, there are actual ribs in the freezer from the last time that are uncooked. I'm like, but I got to They have to thaw out. <laughs> I got to season them. I, I would like for them to marinate a little while. Like, mm-hmm. got to smoke some hoes. Yeah. Like, no, nah, bro. Like, we're not, we're not doing, you go to, what do we end up eating Monday? We eat these taco. We end up having taco night on Monday. Yeah, we have Mexican food Monday. We order yeah. Mexican food. <laughs> yep, we end up doing tacos. I think we did regular tacos, shrimp tacos, little nachos situation. I was like, this is what it's going to be for Labor right. Day. Um, but okay, okay. I guess I might, well, I said I was going to do a last hoorah in this house. Mm-hmm. Like a last cookout. But okay. I ain't going to do that because I don't feel All right. Like that. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm, that's what we're doing in this season of our lives. We don't feel like doing it. We're not doing it. Not gonna do it. But I am I am gonna have a sip and see for the new house. For the new house. A sip and see, like you having a baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not a house woman, a sip and see. A sip and see. Yeah. We're we, we gonna have a gift table so you can drop that off. Just mm-hmm. like a baby shower. Okay. You grab your little drink at the front <laughs> and you walk around and you see the home. Mm-hmm. And you might stay in front ass a little while and you walk back out that door and you go on, you go back to your house. <laughs> a sip and see. <laughs> A sip and to give him a, no, a, drink, but, um, a drink ticket. But no, seriously, I think we may do like a, a Christmas Eve situation or a holiday because I know a lot of mm-hmm. people travel. So we may do something um, the week of Christmas or something. We ain't talked about it, but I know me and Ash have, have talked about um, hosting something for the holidays mm-hmm. um, to allow that to kind of be the unofficial housewarming. Hey, people right. come see our home. Yeah. 
type of situation. Come see what the Lord has done. In our Come see what the Lord has done. Because y'all know, it, it takes some, you know, we ain't refurnishing the whole house, but we are upgrading some furniture. And, it's, yeah, you it's going to be a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Hey, what's what's going to probably happen is, too, is you're going to put your old furniture in there and be like, uh-uh. <laughs> oh, no, no. So there are stuff uh-uh, already that we it. said ain't even coming with us. <laughs> like, our family room set was like, nope. Um, this dining table, we was like, nope. Jaden's getting a new bed. We're getting, we're upgrading to a king. Mm-hmm. Um, so some stuff was like, nah, Mm-mm. already. Mm-mm. And then to the your point, there may be the few things we do keep and be like, I don't want this either. <laughs> right. All right. Like we, we just did our kitchen and we like look in the other rooms like, uh-uh, like this stuff needs to go. Like our living room said we want to get rid of that. Like it's just. <laughs> Appliances that we had in there, we want to get rid of. So yeah, I, I feel you got a whole house uh, that's gonna be brand new. So y'all gonna be, and that costs money, like you said. So we might have to put a GoFundMe on the page or something like that, and you know, send, send your cash app, send some money. I'm about um, to give me an OnlyFans showing my toes. Go, go ahead, because you go people ahead. have foot fetishes, and I'm a I'm gonna be <laughs> on there changing socks, <laughs> just Listen, taking a, um, taking a pair of socks off and put another pair on. <laughs> just that child made twenty million dollars, twenty million dollars a month. On only bands. So I'm I in the wrong wrote a, I wrote an article about Safari. <laughs> he made. <laughs> he was on the OnlyFans, mm-hmm. and w- and was one of the top grossing OnlyFans for men in 2020. And now I'm not going to be doing what Safari was doing on the OnlyFans. Right. <laughs> However, right. and I can order these toes up. <laughs> Listen, for the I people want with the foot fetishes. <laughs> I need. I need another streaming income. Let's get only. I want to get OnlyFans. Listen, listen, and some and like the lowest of keys. Some of these people only be posting what they be posting on their Instagram mm-hmm. <laughs> to OnlyFans yeah. and be getting these people five dollars a month. Right. I know a person that uh that uh I think a person we know mutually, they uh set up OnlyFans. It's was it's not Chris Moore. It's not Chris Moore. Uh but they set up <laughs> they, 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 they they it's not, it's really not. They subscribed to an OnlyFans account and was mad because the, the girls only putting like Instagram photos on there. Like you paid five ninety nine for like two months, three months. That's and she was only putting Instagram that's what the Lord did. That's what the Lord did. You shouldn't have been on that field. <laughs> you shouldn't have been on that field. Anyway, um, song of the week, brother. All oh, right. we got some good feedback from our church version of Warm Embrace. We did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had a few people hit me up and say, y'all are crazy. I said, that's how the Lord gave it to me. So that's how I'm going to give it to y'all. <laughs> All right. So if based off of the conversation this song is going to make sense you know i'm not good with lyrics so i'm not going to sing or in this case rap um but it makes sense based oh, off a, of what we're talking about today it's a rap song it's a little hippity hop Abby, okay? if you play some gospel rap brian i was gonna cut this thing i off. would i would not this is a this is a negro <laughs> spiritual this is a negro spiritual um so here it goes <laughs> yes yes We'll give y'all the intro, just because, you know, we don't know what these rules are as far as how much you can play on this show, but right. that's a Negro Spiritual by Crime Mob called Nuck If You Buck. Well, I'm a gat toting pistol holding nigga on your damn street. Okay. Stop it, jumping, bumping, and we knock off in this thing. Throwing them bowls at these hoes. They scream, they bleeding from their nose. Ooh, bro, don't you get me started? <laughs> I, thought, I thought I read it in your spirit. I thought Ooh, I read it in your spirit. 
Yeah. And then, you know, he goes on a little bit more, but the part that most people wait on, man or woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we knuck and we buck and we ready to fight. fight. <laughs> I bet you I'm a throw them things, so haters better think twice. Send me I ain't nothing nice. And cry. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> that almost got me caught up almost like slime on my knob. You can't throw Negro <laughs> spirits out there and expect people not to respond. Uh-uh. You can't. And, and Ron, these were buck- teenagers. These were teenagers when this Talking song came out. <laughs> I love it. With white oh, tees. It is a white. Oh, tall. Oh, did you wear tall, tall tees? I did not wear tall tee. Oh, I did. I, I didn't wear tall tee. I was an extra small wear two extra, two XL. I did not wear the tall tee. My oversized Jabot jeans. Yes, I was. <laughs> yes, I was. And my Air Force Ones. Chris can y'all imagine Josh Rogers? Oh, in, I can uh, barely imagine. Tall tee. <laughs> And some Jabot jeans. <laughs> do we have the little one that the little straps on them that yeah, said Jabot? Yeah, and I had different colors. I sure did. <laughs> Jesus, I sure did. I was thinking I find a picture for you one day, and I'm gonna send it on yeah. to you. Send All right. On. With that being said, understood and accepted. Brian, you ready to get into the blessed report and talk about some black excellence? So ready. Let's do it. Let's go. Yeah. Right All right, we're here at the Blessed Report. We shout out uh, black folks doing great black things. And, you know, we do believe in celebrating and supporting black owned businesses. So today we do have Crystal Bell and Surprise Powers. My God. Yeah, Crystal My Bell God. and Surprise <laughs> what? Powers. Wait a minute. What are the powers? <laughs> Is it the Holy Ghost? Yeah, Shama. The fivefold ministry, what not the, the gifts of the spirit? The <laughs> is it the Holy Ghost? Because what surprise powers am I tapping into? Mm, I don't know. Well, based off of the surprise powers, Crystal Bell, she is black, of course, as you should know that by now. Um, she believes in the power of girls. She understood <laughs> that to instill confidence. I don't know that and- this is getting any better. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm gonna let you finish. Go ahead. <laughs> she understood that to instill confidence and encourage STEM learning from an early age, girls need dolls that look and sound like them. Okay. Like most women of today, the girl toy available to Crystal as a kid were playing princess or mommy. As an adult, she surprised she was surprised to see that girls' toys. Why wow, this is interesting. As an adult, um, get off topic. Topic. Uh, as an adult, she was surprised that girls' toys hadn't changed much at all. Boys' toys, in contrast, were already teaching critical skills in serious subjects like science, technology, engineering, and math. Uh, it was no surprise that so many girls were losing confidence in those subjects as an, at an early age. So she came up with these science, tech, engineering, and math-centric dolls that are made to break barriers, solve problems, and reflect the diversity of girls to day uh she also has a nonprofit organization called black girls movement so she's doing all these kind of things out there to help black girls and just black kids in general to uh get out of uh the stereotypes and you know get into some stem stuff right so you can check out surprise powers at surprisepowers.com also i believe it's surprise powers is with a z because you know you know the blacks we love to put a z on something we love a z instead of an s we love love a z Z instead of an s (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> surprisepowers.com <laughs> surprisepowers.com you can also check out please surprise powers on ig as well so bless up to crystal bell and surprise powers 
Uh, and looking at the rest up report, looks like it is empty, Josh. That means that God stayed the hand of death. He did. He did. Surprise I just sent you uh, a little preview of what I used to look like in my in my oversized clothes. These that's ain't it. the exact. That's what you see how big that polo is. That, that is big. Post, <laughs> post, is on, post is on the ground. I'm not posting this on the ground. You see them jeans? Look how wide them jeans. Them jeans are huge. <laughs> <laughs> it made no sense because like you know and I was skinny too so like being skinny and then wearing like these big old clothes just made it look even worse like Bro, it just accentuated how skinny you were when that stuff was in style was when I took my senior pictures so oh, all of my Lord. senior photos I got on these big old clothes I got on like the what's them like beaded necklaces the like puka the shell the necklaces the hookah shell <laughs> <laughs> I was deep into my into my two thousands bag, okay, with my fashions. Now back then, you couldn't tell me I wasn't fly. You couldn't right, tell Aeropostle. me I wasn't on it. Yes, yeah. I had my Aeropostates and my Jabojis, my Nietzsche, and listen, um, listen started wearing my Sperrys. <laughs> you were confused. I was all over the place. <laughs> I mean, I felt like the two thousands, like especially two thousands, two thousand ten, yeah. was an era of just. We're going to try a lot of stuff fashion-wise. Yeah. It, it gave TRL the, and, and 106 Park at the same time. Because like, look, because even look at their celebrities. Nobody was dressed nicely. No, no. You go back <laughs> and be like, like, dang, like, what was I going through in my life? Because even when you look at like LeBron and their draft night. Oh, those suits were. <laughs> suits were terrible, man. The worst. So like, and then like, I think the 2000s gave us the coveted uh, Marcus Houston plastic outfit. Oh, you're <laughs> like, right. So many bad things. Oh. So many bad things. Two thousands fashions. And that's, we, why, we were that, there. that's why I don't think nobody has a two thousands party. Who wants to dress like that again? No, no one wants to. <laughs> yeah, we have a nineties party. I think the kids 70s. nowadays. Yeah, maybe high school kids want to do two thousands parties, but no, no one like actually to live through the two thousands. We don't want to deal with that no more. Yeah, and two thousand ten is when things started to shift. So we're kind of still dressing that yeah. way. Um. Mm-hmm. But yeah, unless I think early oh, because two thousand the two thousands also when men had the mid capris, <laughs> they did some things the little that the little pulled a little string. I never had them. My brother had those. I, I never had, had them either because I was like, I'm not wearing those. But and then just capris in general for women, because because that's when the sanctified women first started wearing pants. And so some of them capris. Spoke to them a little bit differently than okay. shorts and jeans, right? Because they weren't shorts. <laughs> they weren't shorts. They weren't so they, shorts. But they wore them to the church picnic. The, the newer oh, yeah. age women. Mm. The mother still had on the jean skirt at the picnic. Jean skirt all up to the ankle. Well, my mama the, had um, on some capris. <laughs> she had on some capris <laughs> with like some Nike running shoes. Because <laughs> you know, saints them. They 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 sneakers are the Nike running shoes that they get right. from the Marshalls or the Ross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With their white tube sock that ain't Nike, <laughs> the fruit of the loom socks. Right. <laughs> I love it. I love. It. I ain't been to a church picnic in forever. Woo! We, we need to host a church picnic, Brian. We, we do. Just, me and you just need to host the one. Jigsaw church picnic. Yes. <laughs> and get some t-shirts. Everything. Have volleyball. <laughs> Kickball, kickball, table set up for like dominoes and. Oh no, we didn't play no dominoes at no church picnic. <laughs> Did I play dominoes? 
Did we play dominoes at church? I was in. I, I didn't, didn't live in that liberal state of California. We did. We didn't play dominoes. You're right. You're right. I'm thinking about family cookouts. We didn't. Oh no! What did we? We played. We couldn't even play spades. Oh no! Right. Can't oh, play you can't no play spades. Ain't no at college church. tables at no church. Uh uh-uh. uh. Did y'all play like little sack races and stuff like that? We did and stuff like that. Uh huh. Bible trivia and. Uh, <laughs> now they Listen. did let us do a water balloon fight, but that was it. Yeah, we should that do a was, church. That, that was like the wildest thing was the water balloons. All right. And you, wear, so, and you wear your church t-shirt. And oh, yeah. I still a, got a my woman Rocky Page shirt. Wear, be, be in theme. My, wear that jean skirt down to the, to the floor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With your Reeboks. Your stockings Reeboks. and your socks on top. And your polo shirt <laughs> under your church t-shirt. <laughs> That's right. The pastor's going right. to wear a darn dress shirt. Oh, yeah. Darn... With his t-shirt under with the dress shirt open. <laughs> right. I hate it. That's the Arthur Mosley. He used to dress down Sundays. And he just Sunday, put on a suit with a polo, a whole, a, a whole suit, and just put in on a polo. polo. Or he would wear a whole suit with the collared shirt underneath just, the the just, t-shirt. Yeah, just with no tie. Just nothing. Like quite not literally nothing changed, but him taking the tie off. Right. And Sheila Mosley would just wear a more knit suit and no hat. <laughs> right. <laughs> like it went. She, she didn't change either. <laughs> yeah. And, and but think about. Oh, this is a nowhere near to be a boy. But think about. <laughs> Even us. We all 30 minutes all intro. <laughs> think about think about even us. Y'all stick with us today. Because this episode about church anyway. Think, right, stick beside us. Stick beside us. Brian, when we first started dressing down, we was I know I used to still have on khaki. First of all, let me tell you how much of a rebel I was at AIM. Because mm-hmm. during the day, when y'all still had on suits, I wore my khakis on a button down. And people mm-hmm. looked at me like I was a <laughs> I believe it. Because y'all just wore the seersucker and the linen suits in the day right. and put on your, right. your wool suits mm-hmm. <laughs> and, your, and, and your silk and stuff at night. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm not wearing all this stuff in the daytime. <laughs> right. Yeah, I quit that. I quit that. Like, but my last time I'm going to AIM, I was wearing t shirts. Oh yeah, I was wearing jeans, uh, sneakers, and everything yeah. during the daytime. Like I'm like, and it, I'm like, I'm not. It's a, it's the summer. Why am I wearing this suit? And it's I don't want to wear this suit at night. Hello, and I might I might not do that either. Um, because like, <laughs> even at church, like I don't be wearing suits like that for like I may wear a blazer maybe. It depends on how I feel that Sunday. Am I gonna dress up? You know, first Sunday, you know, they want you in uniform, right? <sighs> Other than that, like it's usually a thing of I'm just gonna wake up and just wear what I feel like wearing this Sunday. And let me tell you something. If I was still at the Cathedral of Faith today, mm-hmm. and there was a dress down summer, which I believe there probably still is, mm-hmm. oh, they would not believe I would say. <laughs> oh, way, I not, not a chance. Now, I still something in my in my convictions won't let me wear shorts to church. But mm-hmm. when I tell you I'll be in there with all my graphic tees and my jeans yeah. and my J's, and I'm not putting on no button down for y'all. Are you crazy? For, uh, it is 98 degrees outside. Yeah, in Atlanta, and that's like 122 degrees in Atlanta. Be grateful I ain't got on these um, rip jeans that ain't got my thigh meat out. Listen, because that's what I want. I, I ain't streaming this Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> be grateful I put. I drove. I got in my car. In the today dressed. things, you you are welcome. Because I've always lived at least thirty minutes away from Cathedral of Faith. Always. <laughs> so be grateful. Anyway, let's hit Bunny Hop. Be on grateful. Yeah, God did not promise me sunshine. You can get me caught up. <laughs> That's not the way it's going to be. Right. But a little rain mixed with God. Ah, sunshine. A little pain. Woo. I tell my double shot. Makes me yes. appreciate Speak. the good times. 
B yes. B B grateful yes, <laughs> for it will be. Oh, Walter Hawkins was in his bag on that one. Yes, wasn't he? Was. he? Ooh, they don't write gospel like that no more. They all talk about how Jesus is the is the is the gardener of the universe, and he clips all the clippings and gives right. us blessings. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyway. It's, we we Maverick City these days. Yeah, no, 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 no. Well, okay. Well, think. Well, talking about things that are inauthentic to the brand. Millie Vanilli is having <laughs> <laughs> having a biopic. Uh, the, the headline um, making the rise and fall of the '80s pop R&B duo Millie Vanilli is getting the big screen treatment in a biopic titled "Girl." You know it's true. Now, Brian, let me pause right there. Mm-hmm. What does that have to? What does that title have to do with anything about Millie and the Vanilli? <laughs> I know they had a Did song. They have a song like, called Girl, Girl, You Know It's true. true. Okay, I know ooh, nothing ooh, about the Vanillas or the Vanillas. <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot nothing of about, about the Vanillas. Millie or the Vanillas. Okay, okay. Well, never mind. Okay, okay. Carry on. The film is set to tell the story of the spectacular rise of the two underdogs making into the zenith. My God, that's a word of showbiz. Um, within one summer, it also gives a glimpse behind the world of fame and its challenges prior to the great fall. That sounds like somebody went to hell. Um, the mm-hmm. duo scored three number one hits in the U.S. with traction and Blame It on the Rain, Girl, I'm Gonna Miss You, and Baby, Don't Forget My Number. Brian, mm. do you, I'm gonna ask you again because you, you know, you're a little bit more seasoned than I am. <laughs> you know, one of them songs. <laughs> I, no, I don't. Really? I, don't, I, don't. <laughs> I think I think I know like a blame it on the rain. I don't know the words. I I just that sounds like it's something. And I know, girl, you know it's true. Don't don't ooh ooh ooh. But then like they're a new artist in '89. I was like four. Like I, I was just fresh out of my mom's vagina in '89. Like you just peaked right on out. Like, <laughs> and I was in <laughs> September '89. So I only caught the last few months. Ooh. This was for you. Oh, this. Oh, this, this sounds sound a little sultry. Thinking of a master plan. Sound like paying pool. Okay, no. Okay, blame it on the rain is the next one. Let me see what this sound like. These intros from the 80s. <laughs> so long. Okay, but that's the quality. Oh, this is about to be played somewhere in my life. <laughs> oh, bro, I feel like I got me some good shenanigans with their blame it on the rain. It's falling, falling. <laughs> the way that just came up and blessed me. It did something to you. That gave me real cash cut. Blame it on the rain. Rain. <laughs> rain. Okay, we spent enough time <laughs> on the vanilla. On Millie and Vanilla. But weren't they also the group known for like um um not singing, like lip syncing everything? Mm-hmm. Mm. So stealing people's voices. Staying mm-hmm. in that theme of stealing. They say it's she by Sheree is just stealing she here. But it is finally here. <laughs> it's finally here. It's been 14 spring, summer, and September since <laughs> she by Sheree was supposed to be released. In 2008, she had a dreadful fashion with no fashion. <laughs> 
fashion show with no fashions. And I'll we still, and, we still, <laughs> and let me tell you, and the fashion show, because I watched it, the fashion show started two hours late. So it almost <laughs> didn't happen again. <laughs> My God. Um, but you know what? Let me pause right there. I really feel like the producers and the camera people be asking them people to stay. Because there's mm-hmm. no way in the world in real life that people are hanging around at these events for two and three hours. Because a mm-hmm. lot of they stuff be like two and three hours behind and late. Right. And I just can't foresee a world, Brian, here where mm-hmm. I'm sitting somewhere for three hours after the start time and right. am willingly continue. Like I willingly continue to participate in that event. In what nah. world does that happen? Not a chance. Anyway, she by Sheree is here, uh, but she's been accused of stealing designs from Shein and Amazon and just hiking up the price. Uh, following the Shiba Shire release, the website crashed. So we're going to say that that's just how many people was on it and buying these outfits. And she released a statement saying that due to the overwhelming interest of Shiba Shire, the influx of love is crashing the website. So there you have it. Um, I saw the post that had Shire's design and they had she is it Shein or is it Sheen? I say Sheen, but Shein sounds interesting too. So I like Shein. It gives me real mm-hmm. hood vibes. So Shein, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I saw both of them. And I'm going to say this. I'm not giving Sheree a pass per se. What I am going to mm-hmm. say is that a lot of y'all entrepreneurs be out here making merch, putting your logo on Gil Dan Tees anyway. Mm-hmm. So, it, <laughs> I mean, a lot of y'all is giving reproduction <laughs> anyway. Right. Now, right. that's a bad thing. From, y'all, getting this, y'all getting this from the same manufacturers. Right. Like, I can go to the Walmart and buy a bunch of Gildan shirts and print some stuff on it if I knew how to do such a thing. Um, mm. I also will say I've seen people who've started boutiques and stores who buy a lot of their stuff from wholesalers. Right. Consequently, a lot of these boutiques and stores end up having some of the same merchandise. Right. And y'all price it differently. Y'all mm-hmm. name it differently on your websites. So unless you're one of the major brands or brand that's like in a store, you know, nine times out of 10, there's a possibility that there will be some similarities mm-hmm. in the clothing. Now, it could be that Sheree's stuff is much better quality than she Possible. That could yeah. be the case. And we also know that since it's associated with Sheree, that it's going to cost a certain amount of money. Mm-hmm. So y'all give Miss Whitfield up. Like, y'all get up off of her, okay? Yeah. I'm she, not she, a... She persevered. She, listen, I was about to say, I ain't finna put her and put on a cake for Sheree because she ain't my mama, cousin, auntie, or nothing like that. But I like to see a black woman win. Right. We and did hang out with her one time. Over, it, we did hang we out did with hang Sheree. We did hang out with Sheree. At one time. Uh, <laughs> it's a true story, y'all. We really did. We ain't making it. It joke. is. We did. She might not remember us, but we remember her. Um, yeah. And she looks like herself. She, she looked, does. She like that TV didn't do. She looked like us. She looked good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like to see a black woman win. It took her over a decade plus four to get it done, but she got it done. She did. This is what Langston Hughes was talking about when he said oh, it's a dream oh, deferred. <laughs> <laughs> This is uh, what they when the, when the what, what poet asked about was it August Wilson who asked about a raisin in the sun? Does it uh, dry up? <laughs> Langston, is Langston Hughes raisin in the sun? So, no, somebody was. Let me see. A raisin, raisin. Okay, so the play was by Lorraine Hainsbury. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, and the poem was by Langston Hughes. Mm-hmm. There yeah. we go. This is the what they was talking about. 
You see mm. what I'm saying? It, charades raisin then dry up and shrivel away. It did. It persevered. Mm. It's like a rose out of concrete. Aretha Franklin said it best. A rose is still a rose. <laughs> rose. Baby girl, you're just a flower. <laughs> Andre 3000 said roses really smell like dude. <laughs> <laughs> And some of y'all roses that y'all have at home that y'all using on yourselves. Oh, I don't okay. know what them things smell like. <laughs> My God, fish! <laughs> I realized a couple of episodes ago you said something like the filter fish or something like that. Yeah, I didn't think it filter fish. <laughs> it took me a minute to remember the reference. I thought about Aries Spears. I said he smelled like the filter, like he eats good filter fish. Aries Spears, <laughs> like he is deteriorating from the outside in. I didn't get like, uh, like a raccoon. Like, he he just... really does. He does. And see what happened when you put your mouth on God's anointed. Mm-hmm. Look at him now. Getting sued yeah. for sexual molestation mm. and all the things. Okay. Anyway, but shout out to Sheree. God bless you. God keep you. God loves you. Um, staying in the vein of black women succeeding, um, Serena, the GOAT of sports, specifically the GOAT of tennis, um, is possibly officially, officially, officially retired. She played her last doubles match with her sister Venus. Shout out to Venus, because Venus, let me tell you, mm-hmm. Venus was the star. Venus was the star. When that thing first started, Venus was dominating. Serena couldn't beat Venus if she tried. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then something switched <laughs> in the wall. Venus said, Venus said, and Serena so. said, all right, girl. I know you're old, but you're not going to keep doing this. Um, <clears throat> but Venus had long retired and gotten out the game. But she came back um, mm. to play a doubles match with her sister. And then Serena may have played her last singles game. Unfortunately, during this time, which was her last go round, she did not win a grand slam. She lost in the third round um, to Australia, um, Ajla Tamalajabakonik. Um, mm-hmm. Her, whoever that was, they don't pronounce our names right, so I put no effort in pronouncing theirs correctly. Right. Um, Serena didn't win, but she still made history for ESPN. Uh, she, the the match had over four point nine million viewers, making it ESPN's most watched tennis match in its forty three year history. Uh, ratings peaked to six point nine million. After the match, uh, Serena thanked her fans, most notably her sister. And here's one of the things that stood out to me the most, Brian, from that entire weekend. Mm-hmm. Was that white people somehow believe after all these years that yes. all black people look alike? Because <laughs> they got our girl, our auntie, our girl, our friend girl, of the podcast, friend of, friend of the podcast, friend of real life, Miss Dion Warren, mixed up with Auntie Gladys. And what made it even more the worst, Gladys mm-hmm. was actually there. <laughs> <laughs> she was. <laughs> Gladys was act- taking pictures with Anthony Anderson and everything. Gladys was there. <laughs> And right. they, they said, ooh, another level. Oh, Miss Gladys Knight. It is. <laughs> and let me tell you how petty Dion Warwick is. <laughs> on Throwback Thursday, she posted an old picture of Gladys Knight on her Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> how, is, how is this old, older woman a freaking social media legend? Like, Bro, Dion Warwick <laughs> has mastered social media in such a way. <laughs> I love that woman. I love And if it. y'all don't know, every time we sing, that's what friends are for. Keep smiling, keep mm-hmm. shining. That is Dion War. <laughs> okay. Is. And so we love that. This podcast is a stand account of two people for sure. Mm-hmm. Richard Penniman. <laughs> yes. And Dion Warwick. <laughs> Okay. Yes. They are the Bravo kings. Code. They are oh, the crap. matriarchs and patriarchs of the Jigsaw podcast. 
<laughs> and we know how like to recognize no other black legends. Those two are forever. When the Lord decides to give Miss Dion her wings and fly her on up out of here, we probably gonna have a whole episode Listen, dedicated we, we to, to, to Miss Dion. Without a doubt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go see if I can see her, her throwback Thursday. It just blessed me. Just the fact of like like why she was and it's still up there. That's it's still that's up there. So <laughs> like right after she posted it, throwback Thursday of a young picture of Gladys Knight. Then the captions <laughs> what the, don't the caption say something like funny? I don't remember the caption. Yeah, it just says throwback Thursday. Heart. Uh huh. <laughs> so simple. So simple. And people in her comments just laughing. Oh, oh, and then she got on uh, uh, Ernest Pugh's case because he said uh, sissy. That, that sissy had died. She said this this gospel singer. I don't, she don't even this, know that, Ernest that Pugh. Ernest Pugh that Ernest Pugh buy his bestest. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to, to make her biopic with uh, Tiana Taylor. Man, I can't wait. Ooh, man. It's gonna be so good. Oh. They gotta include the veneers oh. though. They got to, and they, the other moment they have to include is our iconic moment in Times Square singing this Christmas, <laughs> but she didn't know one word. Okay, now now Joshua, that's another black. You muted what the whites do. That was that was that was Patty Labelle not knowing this Christmas. That was Dion too. It was Dion too. Yes, Dion has a whole video. Oh. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Now you ain't do seen that, that one. Let me let me, let me okay. find it real quick. <laughs> oh, Ooh. I ain't seen that one. I know I've seen Patty's. Oh yeah, well, that, where's see, my Patty? background singers? Yeah, that was Patty. No, Dion is on there like da 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 da. da. She just like, <laughs> <laughs> so I I know uh, this Christmas that was that hard for for our people. That's oh, yeah. an Negro so spiritual. actually it was on Good Morning America. Hold on, at one oh. time square. It's technically in Times Square, though. Good Morning America is filmed in Times Square, so I'll give it up. None of the words. <laughs> Thank you for that, Jim. I didn't even know that even existed. Thank yes. you. Yes. That's gonna make the, that might that should make the Christmas episode. Oh, Brian, uh, Brian, you know that. Now, now I ain't gonna do that to Weiss. I know my legends, and I know Dion. <laughs> I remember coming across that gym. That's a gym. <laughs> you ain't ever shared that with me. Oh. Bro, I felt like we talked about this before. Oh, Jesus, that's so good. <laughs> that's so. Let good. me send it to you so that you can just have it. Oh. At your disposal. That's so good. Like, it's, funny, it's funny that she already, the way she sings already. <laughs> and then, back to the words. She just went straight into, shake her hand, shake her hand. <laughs> Let's just go. Let's just go. Anyway, uh, oh. wrapping up the billboards is two things. Well, ooh, a few things. Yeah, two things. Um, the 74th Primetime Creative Arts Emmy Awards. You know, as much as I like to give people their flowers, we don't 
really, we don't really do the daytime. We don't really Emmy. Well, we definitely <laughs> don't daytime Emmy. But, however, mm-hmm. few black people, as you know, I used to say we really mm-hmm. about it black. Barack Obama won for Outstanding Narrator for our great national parks. I have no idea what that documentary was. <laughs> yeah. Gary Bozeman won for character voice or performance for Marvell's um, What If, and then Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Mary J. Blige, mm, Eminem, <laughs> Kendrick Lamar, <laughs> and 50 Cent Outstanding Variety Special at Super Bowl Halftime Show. Now, this is what I've been waiting to get to in the big mm-hmm. one. I'm so glad it made it. And I'm so glad that Brian is <laughs> able to be accountable. I'm so glad that Brian <laughs> is able to admit when he's wrong. I'm I am. so glad am. that he is a man of honesty and mm-hmm. integrity. Um, uh, sure. <clears throat> that was a that was a an episode of the show that I don't think we recorded not too long ago. Mm-hmm. We were talking about this kind of iconic woman. Um you may have heard of her before. Her name is Beyonce. And mm-hmm. she released <laughs> released an album. You may have heard of it before. It's called Renaissance. I believe. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we were talking about, you know, how, what we enjoyed and, you know, the iconic songs and how it would live. At least I was saying how it would live on forever is one of her greatest albums. And it, you know, mm-hmm. took the place of, you know, possible my number two or three, depending on the day. And I'm going to tell you today, it still has me in a choco. It came out July 29th. And I mm-hmm. very much listened to Renaissance. Almost every day, <laughs> at least one song. Um, mm. It is just in rotation. I don't know what it is. Um, maybe some of the Illuminati stuff could be half true because it has me <laughs> in a chokehold. Um, mm-hmm. But beyond that, we were raving. Now, Brian did not say anything negative about the album. From what I understand, I correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. Brian, you enjoyed it. Great album. <laughs> You know, after Great he album. came off his little boycott, you know, because it wasn't DC3, he listened to it, he got into mm-hmm. it, great album. He may have secretly vogued in his mirror to it. I don't know. But he did <laughs> He did enjoy it. However, when we asked about, you know, begin to talk about, you know, some of the ways in which it would be remembered and honored. Um, I'm paraphrasing this line. Mm-hmm. But he went on to say that he didn't think it would get that much Grammy love and he didn't feel like it would get like awards and, you know, recognition in the way that I kind of believe that it might have. Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, mm-hmm. insiders, those are people inside of the music industry. They're saying <laughs> that Kendrick Lamar's Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers and Beyonce's Renaissance are album of the year front runners for the mm-hmm. 2023 Grammy Award Grammy Awards. Now, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just trying to figure out, bro. Like mm-hmm. you know, you I'm, I'm, the floor is yours. Go ahead. Well, when I saw this article, I sent you a a a nice message that said, "I stand corrected." Uh huh. I'm the type of person. I'm I I will gladly and willingly say, you know, if I was wrong, I was wrong, uh, and I'm glad to be wrong in this situation. Um, I did not feel that it would be uh, get the Grammy love. Um, I still feel like if Adele is in the category, that they probably would try to, you know, the folks love Adele. They'll try to put it her way, kind of like the last time. Uh, Adele won. I feel like Beyonce probably should have won last time. Um, but I'm grateful that uh, Beyonce is definitely getting the love. I do believe she deserves the love. Um, I just didn't feel like this album was going to be one of those critically acclaimed Grammy albums because they have a certain sound that they like. I can see Kendrick Lamar because it's all like artsy and stuff like that, right? Um, but I felt like 
Beyonce's album was just a good album with good music. But sometimes with, with the Grammys, they want some type of piece of like art or something, or they want like the white girl with the big notes, right? Like Adele, or they like the white girl who writes her own music and all the kind of stuff and plays guitar, and, you know. Um, but I'm I'm happy about it. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, I really want I really want Beyonce to get the album of the year, either Beyonce or Kendrick to get the album of the year. I definitely think they are both deserving of yeah. of such praise. Yep. No, no, no. On a serious note, like I definitely agree. I, I know that the Am- the the Amis, the Grammys does have a specific formula, but I just I don't know. I felt like I think I said this at first. <clears throat> Considering everything that has come out this year, mm-hmm. I don't know what would have because Adele's album. I think the Adele fans, of course, loved it, but I don't know that. I don't know that it had. I don't know that it hit like the other Adele albums hit. Nah, I, I, yeah. I think her, her it was a 19 album, 21 was good, 25 was eh. Was it 20? I, I might be doing the numbers wrong, but yeah. um, this most recent album ain't really hit like that. Yeah, and I feel I feel like people talked about 30 was the 30, most recent yeah. one. Um, and I feel like people talked about it and enjoyed it, but I don't know that it was, like you said, it didn't have the acclaim. That's all mm-hmm. the other one. So I don't see this being an Adele year again. And I feel like if Adele gets it this time, oh, racist. Yeah, um. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, because even with, so Kendrick Lamar, he lost album, of his Good Kid Mad City, which is my favorite Kendrick Lamar album. Mine too. Lost to the Durham Macklemore and Ryan Lewis for album of the year, which is complete, like how? Like where is Macklemore and Ryan Lewis today? Where? Nowhere. And, 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 if you ask anybody in this generation, any previous generation, like Good Kid Mad City is one of the best hip hop albums like ever. And and they gave it to Ryan Lewis and Macklemore. So that's why I don't trust the, I don't trust the Grammys like ever. Um, so, you know, I do believe Beyonce has a great body of work. I just feel like they may do something random and give it to Adele. Uh, some people say Bad Bunny's album may come up in, in, in the conversation. So who knows what happens? So, um, yeah, I don't really bad bunny, so I don't have any comments around that. Um, but what I will say, I hope to see Renaissance, and I, you know what, Brian, you you can you have permission to openly shame me for what I'm about to mm-hmm. say. Okay, I have yet to listen to Mr. Morales and the Big Steppers. <laughs> no, I I would not openly shame you. Okay, so okay. Kendrick Lamar. And real quick, it's not because I I didn't want to. I just I think. The further I got away from it, timing wise, I just haven't, I haven't even thought about it unless mm-hmm. it comes up like this. So I'm probably going to put it in my notes to intentionally listen, yeah, like tomorrow or something because I want to give it a try. I like, I enjoy Kendrick. I yeah, do. Yeah. I will admit I have to be in a mood for Kendrick, but I enjoy Kendrick. You have um, to be in a mood for Kendrick, <laughs> except for Good Kid, Mass. Like that, I can just, I can just press play. Yeah, on. Good Kid, you just press play. Yeah, but like especially his last couple, like you gotta I, got, think. I gotta be ready. You do to fight the system and stuff, and I'm not always <laughs> I'm not always there. <laughs> yeah, you got you you gotta you have to like yeah it's um it's not an album where you should be like let me put this Kendrick Lamar on and just have some fun there. No, not at all. Um, it doesn't have a lot of radio play singles because I definitely heard it nowhere. Mm-mm. Which is another it's, reason why I think it's kind of well you know this thing out of sight out of mind like it's not bad yeah. it just. It's not appearing, so I'm not thinking. Yeah, no, no. Uh, um, real I, I quick on music before we exit. 
I sent you something earlier about um, you know I love Nicki Minaj, and she's mm-hmm. she's riding this wave with Freaky Girl. Side yeah. note, double side note. We're gonna get to the living room, y'all. Just hanging up. I watch that Rick James documentary. And mm, Brian mm, mm. Allen Hare. <laughs> yes, sir. <clears throat> Was it good? When I tell you, mm-hmm. Rick James lived a life. <laughs> Didn't he? In his 56 years on this earth, <laughs> he didn't let, he let one, he let it all hang Let it all hang out. Out. There was so many. I feel like we need to do an episode. We do. Not necessarily on the documentary. You know how we take certain movies and we center comes. Yeah. I feel like we need to do that. Uh, and we can get into it later because we've, 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 we've talked mm-hmm. long now. Mm-hmm. But a few things stood out. Yeah, some of the sexual escapades were extremely wild that yes. they talked about. Him and Prince going at it, unplugging each other mm-hmm. mics and concert. <laughs> all that kind of <laughs> him standing on top of the motel people desk, <laughs> throwing the million dollars. It was so many uh-huh. things. Him actually going mm-hmm. AWOL and moving to Canada. <laughs> yeah, like so many things um, were so phenomenal and intriguing, and just had my attention. For that entire almost two hours, that he deserves a biopic. He does. Like, I, the the documentary was great. Good one. And I want his daughter to be over it because she didn't leave. She didn't leave much out. No. So Mm-mm. I know that a biopic would be. I won't. I and I don't even know who would play Rick James. Yeah, I I want when I come to biopics, I want. The deepest, darkest, nastiest. If if this if Rick, Rick James biopic should have just tons of just nudity and sex and be lust rated. and drugs. It, it, what is it? What's the one pass R in NC seventeen? What yeah, it got to be that? Because <laughs> yeah, I want cocaine being sweeped out of butts. Everything. Mean, yeah, like that's like. But to me, like I think, like I want to see. The re- I don't want to see the good, the happy-go-lucky stuff. I want to know how you got to this situation. I want to see you in this situation. Even, even if you had a tragic end, I want it all. I want all that stuff. I want it all to be hung out on uh, and laid out there. I don't like happy biopics, especially if, they, if especially if their life wasn't happy. Like if you was always in jail and locked up, like give us that. Give us all of that. If you I were mean, smoking and, crack, and, like and, give us that. And I think me and you both would agree that we're not the type of people who want to air people's dirty laundry. That's not what no. we're saying. What we are saying, though, like if you choose or your estate chooses to do a biopic mm-hmm. on your life, then tell the story. Like, tell the story. Yeah. Give us the real you know, story. Tell the story. Otherwise, don't tell the story. And that's your choice. Yeah. But if, and especially people like Rick James, when some of this stuff is very common knowledge. Um, like, like, for example, and we'll get off this. Whitney Houston. I think they tried yeah. to like overflower some of her stories sometimes but we knew like we knew what was up and even in Mm -hmm. some of the years leading to her passing she was very candid in ways that she had not been before about her struggles with drugs and her relationships and things like that so it's not like we don't know it's not like it hasn't been Mm -hmm. discussed right talk about it if you choose to put it out there anyway I said all that to say because y'all know Nikki sample. Rick James, so that's how we got there. She released, yeah. she's riding this wave of this song because it went number one and all this other kind of stuff, which is great. But she announced that she's going to do a Queens mix. Mm-hmm. And so me and Brian kind of take that as interpretation of, remember Brian? Maybe this is another prophetic moment. We said mm-hmm. there needs to be 
a 2022 uh-huh. version of Ladies Night. <clears throat> it does. Where there needs to be a bunch of women rappers mm-hmm. coming together. And this could, yes. could be it. And mm-hmm. she called out. Now, in the beginning, she called out some cities. Yeah. Which in my brain, because this type of song isn't like a regional anthem. Mm-hmm. So in me and Brian's brain, it makes sense that the city she called out are representative of the places yeah. these the artists that'll be featured are from. Right. Is that what you gathered too? I, I did I did too, yes. <clears throat> so she called out, of course, New York is where she's from, and it could be another woman from New York. Mm-hmm. Um she said Boston. Boston, and which I don't know any rappers from Boston. Chicago, Atlanta, Miami. Mm-hmm. Atlanta now, my, and Miami, we know that's easy. Miami that's just, City Girls or Trina, because yeah. they have a good relationship. Yeah. Um, Atlanta is really, really lotto. Yeah. If we just, you know, and then Chicago. I hope it ain't the brat. I, because I feel like Nikki would do something. <laughs> I feel like okay. She, so Boston, you ready for this? Okay. Coy Lorraine. Ooh, and her and Koi are ooh, because mm-hmm. she was on that Koi song. She talked about how Koi is like her little sister. That mm-hmm. that's that's exactly who that is. That's Boston. Okay, yeah. gotta be. That's Boston. I, okay. I just googled female Boston rapper, and that makes sense. I forgot her daddy in them um, from Boston. Okay, gotcha. Okay, well then that's definitely Koi. Now Chicago. Um, let's see. Let me, let me I see up. Cupcake. Katie got banned, Sasha Go Hard, Dreezy, Brat, Shauna, Queen Key, No Name, Tink, Kid's Sister, Psalm One, and Ja Miss. No idea who many of those women are. It ain't gonna be No Name. It ain't gonna be Tink, I don't think. Because they have a different brand. Or Cupcake. Probably Cupcake. I don't know much about Cupcake, but when I looked at it, I saw that name pop up a lot in the comments. So because yeah, I'm looking at her, it says she can rap. She has a sometime raunchy lyrics. So yes, hopefully it's cupcake. Mm-hmm. Except she's known for her hypersexualized, brazen, often comical persona and music. So oh yeah, so it should be. It should be it's her. probably cupcake. Because the song it it deserves a certain talk. It don't need to. We don't it need to. No and that's why I was like, stuff. that's why it's a toss up between City Girls and Trina because Trina goes there <clears throat> and their friends. Yeah. Um, and, and then it sets the stage for like a BET Awards performance, and they just out there shaking booties. Mm-hmm. And I, but I would also love to see. I think we've talked about this before. I would love to see a City Girls. I would love to see a City Girls collab because we don't we see Nikki do like uh what's the word I'm looking for? We see Nikki do collaborations, but what we don't mm-hmm. often see is some of the newer girls. And Nikki come together outside of the Meg Hot Girl Summer um, collab. Mm-hmm. So I would really be interested yep. in seeing the City Girls and kind of bridging that gap. But if it's Trina, I'm cool with that too. Um, needless to say, that's enough of the Billboard. We've been here a long time, so please forgive us today, y'all. Time. We have a great conversation ahead, and we're not going to shortchange y'all. Um, it might mean we might cut some out on the end, but we're not going to shortchange y'all on this. Um, but right. grab your snacks, grab your drinks, grab your communion wafers. Because we going yes, down to the living room. Church fans. <laughs> and your church fans <laughs> and your grape juice. Because we going down mm-hmm. to the living room and have a good conversation. You ready, bro? I'm ready. Beep beep. 
Okay. Beep, 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 beep. Um, you're saying, well, what are you doing, Brian? That's stupid. Um, I am honking for Jesus. Uh, <laughs> I'm honking for Jesus. For those that do not know, Honk for Jesus uh, just came out recently. Uh, you can stream it on Peacock uh, or you can actually go to the theaters, select theaters nationwide. Uh, but Honk for Jesus is a satirical critique of this is your, is your, your topic. You kind of told me this. Um, your description because you are a journalist uh, so I just took your description Honk for Jesus is a satirical critique of the black church particularly the black mega church and it stars Regina Hall and one of our favorites uh, Sterling K Brown so those of you who do know us that are friends of the podcast also friends in real life or just friends of the podcast you know Josh and I are church boys through and through born and raised in this thing still attend the church involved in some capacity uh, in different ministries and things of that nature, uh, either be our home churches or our current churches in our local mm-hmm. churches or national church, all kinds of stuff. So we're church boys through and through. Um, and we also live in Atlanta, which is where the film is set. Uh, I don't know if it was, is it film is it set in Atlanta or is it just, it was filmed in I, Atlanta. I yeah, it's filmed in Atlanta for sure, but I don't know that they mentioned where it was mentioned set. where it was. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it was filmed here in Atlanta at a local church, uh, um, uh, House of Hope, passed by E. Dewey Smith. Um, its storyline was interesting. We'll kind of get to that in a second. Um, but what was your original reaction, initial thoughts on the film? Okay, so when I first heard Honk for Jesus, I just got I got to give homage to this one particular thing. I know you were just honking, but this is what I thought of initially, okay. just from the time. Iconic line from Nene Leaks and Greg. Shout out, yes. rest in peace, Greg. Um, rest in peace. But no. So, ooh, so two perspectives. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually talking to my mom about it, and who? And I think I mentioned it in our group chat as well. Yeah, the movie. I I am not a hundred percent disagreeing with any perspective. Okay. Uh, I think the movie is equally as good and bad and cringy and eye-opening and thought-provoking and baseless as any one film can be. <clears throat> and I say all yeah. of those things, and I mean every single word, because one, it's dark. It is dark comedy. Yeah. And uh, it is twisted comedy based in reality. Um, so for, you know, like Brian said, we'll get into it a little bit later, but for those who are familiar and I don't want to get into it too much because like, I don't want to like dive into the mess like that, but it is based on a very popular scandal that happened, but a very Very. popular Bishop, um, deceased Bishop pastor in the Atlanta area here in the city. Um, right. So that was the overall kind of story. Mm -hmm. However, there has been several I think the 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 holistic theme of it was like how black church specifically mega church not only deals with scandal I think that if I'm going to be honest with you Brian I think that was used to more or less show the the greed and the fault with church leaders and their approach to people right uh, I don't think while the scandal may have everyone focused I think the main quote unquote takeaway was that the problem with the modern black church, in some cases, mm-hmm. not all cases, I'm not speaking right. about the black church right. holistically, but in some cases, is that the focus is so much so on the leader 
and their mm-hmm. personality and what right. they can do right. and not so much on the actual mission and purposes of the church. And when that leader is so self-absorbed, then they are susceptible to some of the things that we saw this pastor fall into. Right. Um, that's what I, that was the biggest takeaway for me, but they did it in a way where they used a real story, the headlines of a real story to frame the conference. I actually heard, uh, I was listening to Kev and Angel's podcast um, a little bit earlier this morning, and he said that it felt like a, a lifetime movie, like almost documentary, because it mm-hmm. followed that story so closely. Um, yes. and, and I actually agree with that in a sense. Um, while they didn't call it out, while they didn't go into some of the details that some of us who specifically lived in Atlanta and saw it on the news, and right. I had several friends who were part of the college <clears throat> ministry over there who were intimately involved with the church, with the church. Let me say it that way. When I say intimately involved, right, I mean right. engaged in ministry, things like that. Um, so I, you know, I heard stories about some of the things that happened, how some of the people were taken, taken aback. Um, and, 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 and the fact that it was comedy, like in the movie, we saw the mass exodus and it was five people. But like I was telling right. my mom, I was like, new birth and it's probably had 20, 30,000 members. And yeah. when that exodus happened, 200 people left inside of that size sanctuary looks like five people. Mm-hmm. I said, so yeah. that that's where the that's where the satire and the twisted yeah. comedy comes in because you know in any church when churches some churches face scandals or things like that people exit but it's always more than five you're gonna always have a solid right. following that sticks around but when you have a church of that magnitude you know what I'm saying so those are the things that were stressed anyway overall I don't know that I can land in one spot bro um, about yeah. how I feel. Cause I just have a hodgepodge of perspectives and emotions and, and thoughts around it. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, I, and I'm going to go with to the, uh, the, in terms of sequence, right? Mm-hmm. Um, people were saying that it just didn't go anywhere. There was no anything. In my opinion, I feel like <clears throat> I, I saw the sequence, right? I okay. saw that there was a beginning, middle and an end. They were also kind of putting things in different places to try to explain certain things. Um, did it have the your typical storyline of build up, build up, build up, explain something? Yeah. And then at the end you come to a certain level of resolution. Nah. There was really no resolution, right? Um, but but then again, that's life, right? In life, there in most cases, there's really no resolution and it just goes. Right. It kind of, in my opinion, was kind of like uh similar to like the office where it's just really like a sitcom that it really doesn't have like you can watch one episode and the next episode may have a thin line of connecting uh, yeah. attached to the previous mm-hmm. episode but you can just watch it as a standalone that's what this kind of movie felt like it was just an episode of a tv show um uh and it, it and maybe the social media kind of made it maybe feel like it was gonna be just a terrible piece of work um i didn't find it as bad as folks on social media made it yeah. out to be like, oh, this is the worst thing I've seen. I wasted two hours of my life or whatever. I was like, to me, I was looking at it in, you know, as a, in a critical eye, but also in terms of like looking at certain points and stuff like that. And since the incident happened in Atlanta, while I was in Atlanta, mm-hmm. right, I was just fresh to Atlanta. Like, so that incident happened not too far after I moved to Atlanta. And I was like, oh, snap, like. I, I know where they're going with this. Like, I, I see this. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Because wasn't that like um, 2010, 11? I feel like it. Yeah, it was, I, remember, I remember I was in college. Like, but I was not, I wasn't a freshman. 
So I felt like it was mm-hmm. like junior, senior year. So that was like between 2009, 2011. So to your point, I think yeah. your point, you hadn't too long ago moved. I had only been here three years myself, but I knew I was very familiar with the ministry that this story was based off of. Yeah. And I used to, I used to work at a Walmart, believe it or not, like not too far from that, that, that church. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the members I worked with were members of that church. I visited mm-hmm. that church plenty of times. Um, it's, uh, so I guess to me, it was kind of like once I kind of, when they were building out what the actual scandal was, then it kind of piqued my interest. Like, Oh, I see where they're going with this. Now this is a little more, <clears throat> I'm not say close to home because I wasn't involved in it, but it's closer to home because it's like it's in Atlanta. We know this story. We know what's going on. And it's like, oh, I see where they're going with this. And they kind of just use that to kind of frame a lot of the ideas and stereotypes around church. <clears throat> like you said earlier, as particularly black mega churches um, around this and how to deal with that. Uh, and there were a few key plot points I want to kind of talk about to see, you know, some thought okay. ideas. Uh, but one was the the one of the major plot points, uh, and you there wasn't a resolution, but I felt that there was a space of 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 a of a breaking point um was dealing with ministry marriages. Mm. Um and what that looks like. And we are both in ministry. We are both married. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes I think there's a difference between ministry marriages. And people that are married that happen to be in ministry. Sure. Um, so, yes, to everything that you said in terms of reactions, um, in terms of this first kind of plot point, I think it is very true. I think there are people, unfortunately, who I think there are several sides of that ministry marriages and people who are married and happen to be involved in ministry. I think there are mm-hmm. several uh, and I don't think it's a one you know, a two-sided coin or even a three-sided situation. I think there are several different vantage points. Um, and I'll just name a few without being too verbose. Um, one of them, I think, is unfortunate that there are people who get together in arrangements um, yep. for whatever reason, right? Again, mm-hmm. I'm trying I'm trying to teeter this line of not being, like, messy because I also right. know how the church can be. Um, yeah. I know we got some church folk who follow us and listen to us and while I love all of y'all, I know some of y'all, ain't, you know, some people you may send it to whoever may not have the best motives. Y'all ain't going to have us on a soundbite saying nothing off the, off, <laughs> off crazy. Um, right. So I will say I do know there are unfortunate people who get into marriages arrangements for a number of reasons. Right. Um, you see it on the shy, you know, yep. as an example of something. Um, we've seen it in other different examples. I wrote an article about uh, what's his name? Um, Latrell Sprewell. Who yep. was, you know, in a arranged relationship, and that's because they just wanted to produce a nice front and then go do their own things, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, people have a number of different reasons of why politicians they politicians do it all the time. Politicians do it all the time. You think about uh, monarchies, yep, arranged marriages because this is who the family wants and this is who you should be with. And even today, I think people try to set up their kids in certain ways. You know what I'm saying? Like it may not be officially arranged, but anyway. That's an unfortunate piece. And I think people get together or two powerful people. Like we're both single. Yeah. We shouldn't mm-hmm. be single. Like let's shut everybody up and let's get together and don't, right. you know, whatever. Right. So I think that's a side of it. I think another side of it is that um, you got people who it was less arranged and more. I need a, I need a churchy girl or I need yeah. a church guy 
whatever mm-hmm. that means, right? Mm-hmm. I think there's another side of it. We're talking about ministry marriages of um, going back to that point of two powerful people, a right. particular person, either man or woman, who's decided I don't need to be single and then just marry somebody, right? Yeah. Not saying that they're gay, not saying that they're anything. They just right. It, somehow the perception of a single leader is still a negative one. Um, mm-hmm. So some people feel that pressure. And then, so, so you have all these different combinations of possible right. scenarios. Then on the flip side of that, like you said, you got people who just got married and they may have already been in ministry in the church, but yeah. you know, as their careers, their ministerial careers evolve, you know, they elevate in the church to become, you know, certain types of leaders and things like that. Right. And they have to figure out how to manage and mitigate their marriage in addition to their partnership in ministry. And I think that is mm-hmm. a, I'm, I'm not a pastor, so I can't right. speak to what that looks like from a senior pastor level, but I can say leading a major ministry in a church, excuse me, that is a level, you know, that is, that is a balance um, yeah. of, you know, being in that space and make sure you put family first and all these different types of things. So I think what the movie showed us was an example of one of those types Mm-hmm. And what it means to have a certain level of loyalty, even if you mm-hmm. consider it blind loyalty. Right. Um, what ascertaining a certain level of success can do, what it will make you overlook. Yep. Um, at this point, is it about is love even still there? Or is you know what I'm saying? Like, so I think that's what it, and again, this is why I believe the scandal was just the the pot. That held up the greater conversation. Shout out to the right. podcast right. of like black church or mega church ministry nuances. Yeah, and I think how a pastor and his wife, or a pastor and her husband, how they navigate relationships is a major part of those nuances. And we saw one example of that. How about for mm-hmm. you? Yeah, same thing. And it was interesting because we've been in this thing. We've seen all kinds of marriages, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and like you've eloquently explained all those kind of marriages, um, also understanding and seeing that like being married and being in ministry is not easy at all. Because, um, again, you're balancing your responsibilities to the ministry, also your ministry, your your home is a thing. Uh, your ministry, your your home was the first ministry, as we were told or taught. Right. Yep. However, you still have a certain obligation to these people. Right. So it's it's a big it's a big deal and it's a big thing. And and I think oftentimes like ministry, as much as we give pastors a hard time, we're going to talk about, you know, grace and all that kind of stuff later on in terms of like pastoral grace and stuff like that. Um, we give them a hard time when issues happen in their marriages, but you don't understand like what that strain can be, you know, from the. uh from you know you're always on right mm-hmm. um always having to do this always having to do that you know sh- you may not be there often you may not be doing this often and the same issues that you may see in your regular marriage quote unquote and you just work at walmart right yeah it, it may be tougher in in a in a in a high profile and talking about a mega church capacity here high profile marriage right mm-hmm. but even in the smaller churches you can have potential issues um that can affect that Another thing I saw is the idea of um, a staying behind, uh, standing behind your person at all costs and being ridiculed for it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And in some cases, I, I've praise seen where it. people or praise for it, right? Mm-hmm. So there's there's two there's two sides of the coin. I'm not gonna say which one is better, which one is worse, because I can see in some situations where you might be like, you know what, I've been with this person, nigga, uh, in 20 years, 25 years, mm-hmm. I ain't going, going nowhere. Nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like why? Like you know what I'm saying? I might just adjust how I move in this situation, but if I leave this situation, where am I gonna go? Not that I'm broke, not that I'm just busted and disgusted, but this is my house. This is my church. Right. This is my car. It's my life. Woke up, it's my it's my life. You know what I'm saying? We may we we may be friends. Right? We may be really great friends. This is my best friend. Yes, they may have done this, this, and that, but we're still friends. We still, you know, they may have hurt my feelings. They may have hurt me. But this is my life. I don't want to leave my life because this happened. And then they get they get talked about for that. Um, but then they also get praised for for staying. And in some cases, it may not be great for them to stay, right? Right, and um, not to spoil the movie, but the uh, the mom, the mother in law, mm-hmm. um, was mm-hmm. basically like the idea of hiding behind or hiding in the faith, like in terms of, eh, don't worry about that, just pray about it, mm-hmm. like or use the word of God and just you know just stick it out, stick it out until you know, death you know. is what she pretty much said, Ex- exactly, um, and. You know, some people get praised for that. And other points, people get ridiculed for not staying and praying. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, and we, I think we both have seen both sides of that in, in all of our years in the ministry and church. Sure. What, do you, sure. what would you say to that? No, I, I, I would agree. I think, I don't, I think we can always say individually what a right or wrong answer is because we're basing that perspective on what we would do. Right. Right. Um, and I'm not saying that you have to be in that situation to know, because many of us know that if certain things happen within a marriage or relationship, that that is a deal breaker. I think many of us have deal breakers. However, mm-hmm. what we can't impose upon others is our deal breakers. Right. And what right. that person should or should not have done. Because um, mm-hmm. the other part of that is, is that after like if it happened to you and all circumstances, all other facts remain true how would you really have responded right and we're talking outside right. of the movie scenario right, right, right regardless right. of what a situation is how would you really have responded right um but i think at the same time it is un- and that's what and that's what i'm getting to with the mother-in-law i think it's unfair to you know to mm-hmm. impose like that was an opportunity for her to listen and yeah. to you know pretty much say well baby this is what i did and this is how because when she asked well how long did you pray for dad until he died you know, mm. and it's like, do you want that for me? Because were you happy? Like you seem to have this level right. of freedom now, but right. girl, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, that's an opportunity for this is what I did. And this is what I thought what was best for me. But ask the questions. Right. What do you think was best? Because in that situation specifically based on the movie, and this is where it deviated from reality, Regina Hall and Sterling Brown's um, character didn't have any children. Right. You talking to your mama. She clearly had children. So did she stay because mm-hmm. of y'all? And if right. that's the case, she needs to tell you that because you yeah. don't have any kids. You see what I'm saying? Right. So, context. Right. Yeah. So every, I think everything needs context. And I think that when we talk about critical decisions made as a result of relational issues, that they have to be looked at by a case-by-case basis. And while certain things for the majority of people is a deal breaker, like, nah, I'm good, I'm out, whatever, I think holistically – we have to give people, and this is what it ultimately goes down to. Shout out to a couple episodes ago. We have to give people the freedom to choose. 
mm-hmm. regardless of how we agree, disagree, comprehend, or do not comprehend their decision. Right, right. And, and, and let me add this before we go into the next topic. I, I felt like it ain't, it's not your marriage, right? Um, and I find it really interesting too that a lot of people that are that have never been married usually talk hella big about what they would and would not do in their marriage. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I would, I couldn't, I, I would, if they, I, like, you don't, you ain't, if you ain't never been in the club, like, you can't talk the way out on the outside because it's, when you get in this thing, it's a whole, a whole nother level of just life. Um, and I know I used to talk big before I got married and now I understand some things, you know, dealing with it, some of the ups, the downs, all that kind of stuff, some of the struggles. Um, so that was interesting. And uh, the other thing was the, the stereotype of, uh, well, I consider holy hypocrisy, um, and I put up the definition just for conversation's sake, the practice of claiming to have moral standards or belief to which one's own behavior does not conform, right? It's the pretense. So a lot mm-hmm. of people who don't go to church, right, feel that people go to church are hypocrites. And mm-hmm. at one point, I believed that. But then another point, I understood, we're talking about grace in a second, Okay. Um, a certain level of duality and the idea of, and we may talk about, we'll talk about Rick James, that you should be lucky I'm here. Mm. Because if I'm not here, I'm mad what kind of person I would be. Sure. Right? Um, and I think to that point, as far as the fact of like, what if, if, if I didn't know Jesus, if I didn't believe in the word of God, like, I can only imagine the kind of person I would be without any type of moral compass. Yeah. Um, and also understanding the idea of the real faith is the fact of like, you know, um, not to give excuses or anything like that, but the idea of, uh, of the fallacy of like, they believe that if you're, uh, that if you go to church and you talk about doing right and living right, that you just do it all the time. Right. Um mm. and, and that's couldn't be couldn't be furthest from totally the truth. And that's not even the faith. The faith isn't do the faith isn't that is the faith isn't that everybody does everything right. The faith is that if you you try your best to do what you gotta do right, but if you don't do that, you have grace and mercy. Yes. Yes. Um hmm. there's so many things mm-hmm. that can be said. <laughs> I was making those pauses because I think if we take the church out of it, I think society in general uh-huh. likes to, and I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing, right? Because I'm kind mm-hmm. of conflicted here. We hold leaders to this sometimes unreasonable standard. Yep. Um. So, for example, I'm going to use a very real example. Um. Mm-hmm. Y'all know I keep up with everything that goes on in the city of Memphis. The current school board superintendent resigned. He was under investigation because he had had extramarital affairs with women mm-hmm. within, you know, within the school district. Now, right. part of the reason why they said they were doing an investigation because they felt like he used some of his personal relationship to promote these women and things like that. But I think the basis of it was that the fact that he cheated on his wife. Now, mm. I'm not saying that cheating on your wife uh-huh. is something that you should do or give him a pass. What right. I am saying, though, let's take these women having these higher ranking positions in the district out of the equation. Uh-huh. Now, he wasn't the best superintendent, so let's start there. But let's just say he was amazing. <laughs> right. 
did those did those did those um, extramarital affairs did it at any point influence the great work he could have done in the school district? If no, why is he resigning? You see right. what I'm saying? Let's let's look let's take it different. Let's look at Bill Clinton. He did mm-hmm. what he did, right? Right. And the reason why he ultimately wasn't like ultimately impeached, like a Richard Nixon situation, because right. we're trying to impose something that Hillary got to make a decision on. Well, had exactly. to make a decision on, right? You can critique his presidency all you want, but from a general sense, he was a solid president. Yes, mm-hmm. he had this indiscretion, and yes, he probably used his power to influence this young woman. We can assume that. But on the same time, Monica never said that she did anything that she didn't want to do. She was coerced. Right. She mm-hmm. willingly, right? And, and, you know, and yeah. people are attracted to power. Right. But at the same right. time, she willingly made the decision to do some of these things. Now, I'm, I'm not going down their rabbit hole. And I do agree. I agree that his presidency very likely influenced her decision to do some of the yep. things she did. So that mm-hmm. is very true. And in that case, it is wrong. But at the at the core of it, if it was consensual from the point that he didn't force her, there was no forceful coercion, all these different types of things. We tried to take this man out of office. Because of a personal indiscretion. And right. I think oftentimes, Brian, specifically in the church, that comes up, even outside of cheating. Now, as a member of that church, you have the choice to make the decision to stay and leave and follow that level of leadership. Right. But at the same time, I think what we and people, a lot of people say pastors and stuff are just human to excuse bad behavior. Right. That's right. not what I'm saying. What I am saying, though, is that pastors and leaders are merely humans. And some yeah. of the same struggles, even though they try to live a life um, that is more aligned with, you know, the principles and tenets of Christianity and the word of God, you know, if they had a flesh issue and I'm talking flesh issue is in they are, you know, super attracted to women and all these other different types of things. And they just, you know, lust is their vice. The same level of discipline that the other married person or the therapy and all of the kinds of that person had to work through is the mm-hmm. same level of discipline and therapy that this man has to work through too. Right, probably right, doubled because right. let's go back to these other examples. The people who are attracted and want to be attached because of the power. Right. I say all of that to say is that while there should be a standard for leaders, I think yeah. sometimes we do unreasonable judgment because of how they fail. Yeah. I also believe that the leaders do themselves a disservice when they vehemently and dogmatically talk about something yes. that they end up falling into. And I think that makes it the worst. Like for me. Yes. I had a son out of wedlock. As mm-hmm. a active preacher, mm-hmm. and, but you wouldn't. You ain't heard me preaching nowhere talking about you are a hoe and why y'all having sex <laughs> and all these babies. Because even before my theology became a little bit more liberal, I was always, I always understood. Man, people get into situations now. While me and Brian both agree, you ain't slipped up and had sex. No, you made. Now, a you wasn't a mistake. You made a choice, but. Yeah. I also understand sometimes the temptations that lead to that choice and yeah. the strongest of people have sometimes bent to that temptation. Even if you didn't go yeah. all the way, what you ain't telling me is that you, you did pull your pain out to get here. You probably just got convicted. You know what I'm saying? Like these are real right. things that we don't talk about. 
Right. And those right, are the kind right. of stuff that don't make the news. Or I'm going to say the news, but don't get you, quote unquote, caught up because there's no evidence of that. Right, but right, it right. doesn't make it any less real. So when somebody has evidence, a.k.a. a baby, right, mm-hmm. then we then the people on the outside have all these conversations, but we're not telling, you know, those extreme points you found yourself in. So I was never that guy who dogmatically talked about anything, really. Right, so not right. to say that people couldn't talk about me, but they couldn't call me a hypocrite from that perspective. Uh, right. Again, not to say what I did was quote-unquote right, because I was living a certain type of life and presenting a certain type of life aligned with certain type of principles. Not to say that it was, you know, I was in the right, but it is to say that I had a very human moment. Mm-hmm. And going back to our episode about choices, that and my baby was a consequence of that human moment. It was it was a right. result of that action. And I right. think what we saw in the movie was that that pastor, regardless of all his struggles and he needed some help and some therapy and some teams and some people and some boundaries yeah. and some conversations and a whole bunch of stuff that he needed in place, right? Or should have had or should have reconciled or should have reckoned yeah. with even before marrying, right? I feel like all those things can be true. And I think a lot of us are in that space. May not be the same issue as him, but it's a lot of stuff we probably didn't reconcile before we walked out an aisle or, mm-hmm. you know, got into a relationship with someone. However, right. He that what happened was a result of that. And the people judging him made their choices. But yeah. I don't think they always make their choices from the lens of grace. And yeah. I know that was a long answer, but No, no, that's a perfect answer because I, I, I agree to that. I think the biggest issue to me in, in within that is the fact that like him, but with a lot of people, they'd be so loud about it. Like the the person who this is loosely based based on was loud about um, same-sex attraction, was loud about, you know, all these things and to find out that you were, you know, doing the things, right? So I think to, I think the idea to me, I, that is to me is, is, the, is the issue. I don't find if I have, I have a person that is a preacher, as a person that lives a lifestyle, and the older I get, the more I understand that people do dumb stuff or make bad decisions. Yeah, right? all the time. This is life, right? Which, again, older, I get a maybe more dogmatic in my beliefs when I was younger, right? Because we were taught up in this whole holiness thing, you know, and and now I have a whole different idea, idea or ideology regarding what holiness is and how it's manifesting and all that kind of stuff. Like, I don't think it, it I think when you're the person that is preaching hard about something, like you just better make sure one i don't like that because what i feel like you're preaching hard about that because either you are deep in it or you have no uh level of empathy for somebody that's in something mm-hmm. or, you're, or you um, have so, a, or a really big phobia that you need to work out too like you, you're yeah. hateful and i and, yeah. that, and i'm sorry to cut you off bro but like no no phobia phobias and the gospel don't they i don't know how they exist like hate to yeah. that level. How can you preach a gospel of love and grace and mercy and have such an extreme hate for some someone? It doesn't make sense yeah. to me. It, it doesn't make sense at all. And to me, I either, I either believe that you you really hate it or you are you're in it. And yeah. folks and that, that hate are super is loud, in something too. Usually self hate <laughs> because you are in it. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So that's why even in my preaching now, you're never going to hear me go in on nothing you know what i'm saying like if anything the more i older i get i realize that all of us are trash in essence right 
And the only thing that makes us great is God's grace and yep. his mercy and his righteousness. And we're justified by his righteousness. There's nothing that any, any of us can do, right, to be justified by or, and be holy. He makes us holy, right? So even our even, righteousness are like filthy rags. That's my opinion. It is. <laughs> even the stuff that we do that's so supposedly good is mm-hmm. really nothing. You know what I'm saying? So even in my preaching now, I'm like, nah, I'm not I'm not going hard on, on anybody, even though I believe in righteousness and all that kind of stuff. But like I know not to try to give myself an out, but the idea of we're held accountable to every word that we say. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so within that, even as a preacher. Um, I feel like the world, and I don't like using that word, the world, because it just sounds so churchy, but the idea of like that pastors, and you said it earlier, um, oftentimes have this pressure to be perfect because uh, people assume that pastors, because they close, they hear from God, they know God, they can teach God's word, that they should be without reproach. Yeah. Um, and... There's no grace for the person who's preaching grace to you. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's good. Um, and it also interesting too, like people, you know, they're preaching wealth to you, but yet they shouldn't be wealthy either. Mm-hmm. There's so many layers of this pastor pew dynamic that you know I see both sides of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's just weird. I don't know. I don't know what the question is. And look, no, I, I think it's more of just a, a talking point in the sense that if we look at the movie again, I wasn't deeply connected to the person or the ministry that this, right. that this, you know, this kind of overarching story that was, you know, in Hunk for Jesus. So I can't say like when they showed in the when the opening scenes, Brian, when they had like the the closet with the shoes, and she was like, "You should wear the Prada." Like I, yeah. I, I can't say that that was that person's real. I think that was part of the hyperbole. Right, because mm-hmm. um, I feel like yeah, that person may have been flashy, but I, I just don't know that that was the case, right? Um, mm-hmm. However, however, right. to that same point, pastors particularly get a bad rap if they walk yep. in in a Prada suit, yep. and like imagine me today, Brian. You know, to a certain extent, I am a brand whore. Yeah, <laughs> especially especially like my glasses. People are like, mm-hmm. oh, I got these Ray Bans, or I'm like, I asked a person in New Orleans, for a matter of fact, I said, I really like your frames. He was like, Oh, I got them off these Zennies or whatever the website was, and I was like, Because oh. mm-hmm. I'm always like, <laughs> and it's, and they and they, it didn't make the frames any less nice. I just prefer. I can be rough on glasses, so like when I was mm-hmm. younger, I used to just take my glasses off to shout and like all kind of stuff. So my glasses <laughs> have been through. My my the mm-hmm. first pair of Doches, I, I I they got washed and dried in a Morehouse wash and dryer, and wow. the things was and what that showed me was there's a certain level of durability in certain levels of luxury and quality brands, right? Not right. every stuff, but think about it, Brian. Just think about your household items, furniture, stuff like that. Stuff you paid a little bit more pretty penny for, bought the expensive brand. There's a mm-hmm. level of quality associated with that oh, yeah. that doesn't Definitely. always come with some of the cheaper brands. So right. that's one reason why I say all that to say, if I walked in in Gucci shoes somewhere, people, there will be a cohort of people that be like, mm, blah, 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 without knowing that like, as of right now, we talk about all the time, nigga, I got three jobs. Yeah. So if I popped up and was still working my three jobs or work these three jobs for a certain amount of years, don't you think I've acquired a certain level of materialistic things over the course of those years? 
especially right. considering who I am. That's why I think T.D. Jakes don't get as much flack about the lavish lifestyle that he lives because he mm-hmm. has his movie studio. He yep. has all these books and all these other things that are separate from his Potter right. House salary. And this is the right. other thing that y'all giving you some insight to pastors on that level. They're likely getting six figures, mm-hmm. which pales into comparison to what a CEO of a similar size organization would make. Let's start right. there because mm-hmm. Potter's House is a multi-million dollar organization. The church me and you came from was a million dollar church. Yeah. yeah you see what right I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that pastor lived a humble life. Right. Extremely. Right. And some of it was because of who he is. But another part of it was his salary wasn't it, he wouldn't get a million dollars a year. Right. He was making, I think, at one point less than me. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? And I, you know what I'm saying? And that's not everybody's story. But what I'm saying is right. that some of these, some of them, if, yeah. if you had an organization, let's just say had a $20 million budget, that CEO is making at least a million. Yeah. And some of these organizations, and I don't know what part of the house budget is. Let's just say they got a $20 million budget. Jake's may not be bringing in that same thing. You want to know why? Because mm-hmm. he may also have a housing allowance. Right. Right. And that's all he got, which is so it's part of their little deal. Right. And some churches have that. Some pastors could be making 80 some thousand dollars and they get twelve hundred thousand dollars toward their rent a mortgage. Think about the average person, Brian, who makes 80 grand a year, but also right. receives eight twelve hundred dollars toward their mortgage. Right. Just think about yourself. If somebody gave you a free twelve hundred dollars towards your mortgage. Oh, we'd be straight. How that would change the game. Right. Yeah. It ain't a whole lot of money. But for some people, that could be their entire mortgage. It could mm-hmm. be eighty. It could be it could be thirty percent. Whatever it is, yeah. twelve hundred dollars. I ain't got to spend. So right. my point is, is that what? And think about what that does when you get just the mortgage allowance alone. When you open up that level of income, you know what that does. It frees up more money. Yep. To do more things. So if I right. decide to buy a pair of Gucci shoes or to do this, then I part of my compensation package. So I may not have the biggest salary, like. Working for Habitat for Humanity, we did a study from Georgia Tech that shows the reason why housing affordability is so important because if we can, not that it solves all issues, mm-hmm. but if we can solve the housing affordability crisis, Brian, we quite literally, it will have a ripple effect on some of the other things that keep people in poverty. So if I right. if I could pay 50% of your rent, you know what you now have more money for? After school programs, mm-hmm. better health care. Better access to private schools if you like you have that you have fifty percent of your money per month right, right. that you used to spend that is now yours and for yeah. some people let's say you make ten grand that is five additional thousand dollars that you used to spend that mm-hmm. you no longer have to spend what am right. I saying people who make modest incomes if they have any type of concession some of the stuff y'all say all they need is a modest income and maybe a this okay if they got that do you not know what that can do for a family. And right. in some cases, you know, $2,000, $3,000 a month is a mortgage or way more than right. a mortgage, right? So mm-hmm. anyway, I'm saying all that to say, like, while there is duality, I think there is there is a tainted, it is, it is, it is heavy on one side right. because a lot of people don't have, pers- and I'm not defending anyone who is pimping the church or doing any kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm just saying, I know there are real examples. I honestly believe, and I, cause maybe I'm a believer in the church that there are more pastors and leaders doing the right thing than there are is doing the wrong. Oh yeah. And I would agree the, with that. And because the ones who are doing wrong is so loud, we forget mm-hmm. about the thousands 
that are doing right. Yeah. And we cast right. this image on it's almost like black people. One yeah. black person do something bad. See, I told y'all black folk, blah, 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 blah. Like one, mm-hmm. like think about how we look at black businesses sometimes. Yeah. That's why I'm fool with black businesses now. Okay, you have the one service experience. Yeah, you had one bad customer <laughs> service. And, and granted, it may happen yeah. several other times <laughs> in several different cities, but that is but those are still isolated events to that business. Because you could go to another right. black owned restaurant. I've been to black owned restaurants, Brian, where my customer service was terrible. But because that food yes. was good, I sat there with that rude person. And then mm-hmm. New Orleans, I went to that place, Morrow's, from the greeter to my waitress, everybody was kind. And they yeah. were packed to capacity. And they were still mm-hmm. kind. What is my point? I didn't let my previous bad experience stop me from enjoying this right. space. And the right. church is the only institution that we yep. cast a negative shadow on the entire industry off of yep. one or two bad experiences. And I mm-hmm. think that's unfair. I'm, and I don't want to discount anyone's experience, but to negatively cast the light. Bro, I've been in some church hurt situations and am still Oh, in church, without a doubt. Right? Yeah. I just, you know, I separated myself from that situation, maybe that church, but I am still very much committed to my faith. Right? And yeah. so I, I don't know. I just think it's unfair in some cases when you talked about duality. Yeah, I agree with it. And, I, and, I, and even my, in my humble self, I've looked at certain pastors and I've been like, oh, that's a bit much. Right? Uh, but then other cases, again, like you said, I know pastors who at, a lot of times and you've been you you live in a mom. Your mom does ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, your your mentor who just passed away, did ministry pretty much gave out of their pockets, probably gave more than they probably ever received. There's a lot of pastors who give more than they receive. But again, like to the to your point, a lot of people use those those certain situations or those ones who are, are kind of ex. ex you know, put out there to kind of justify, see, uh-uh, that's why, that's why I don't do this. I think in most time, it's really a situation of you go into the situation trying to find an excuse find something, yeah, mm-hmm. to not do it, Yeah, right? Um, and oftentimes, it's because I, I, don't, I don't know why it is, but I feel like there's always reasons. It's, oh, they always take an offering. Look like, what they're doing with your offering. This and that, and they still, they're doing this and that. And, and it's all these different things that are just put in your mind to make it, you know, to not go. And I can, without a shadow of a doubt, even person who's been in church, I've been in numerous church hurt situations, but I also have been hurt at work. Yeah, I've been hurt at school. I've been hurt at home in, in my family. You know what I'm saying? Uh, there's been many spaces um, where I've been hurt, but not once am I going to say it's the organization um, itself um, that I'm going to hold the whole organization responsible for um, my encounter. Are there situations where the organization may have maybe, uh, what's the word, facilitated or did not do anything to protect or mm-hmm. when they found out something? I can see those situations. I can definitely understand that. Yeah. Um, but to, to throw away your entire faith off of a potential uh, establishment or one location, I think is really bit, a, a bit much. Um, to a lot um, uh, within that. Um, and, and let me wrap it up with this. Kind of talk about yeah. the overall um, real quick before we, we head out. Uh, what are some things you feel that they got right? Some things that they got wrong in terms of just stereotypes? Oh, Brian. So yeah. ooh, that's a big question. <laughs> Only because it takes me back to my very first answer. And before mm-hmm. I answer that, I just, I want to I make this real brief. I want to go back to the point of some churches getting it right. We were a part of a ministry 
where they took up a lot of money, mm-hmm. but they were very transparent about what they did with that money. Yes. We didn't always agree with some of the strategy behind some of those decisions. Right. <laughs> but who, they were who very, managing the money. They were very <laughs> and who managed it? My God. But they were Jesus. very and then when you got into ministry, you got an even bigger picture or more clearer insight. Because you saw the actual line items line by and if you went to the business meetings of the church, you too yeah. got, got to see. So I said, I'd like to say, no institution is perfect. But again, mm-hmm. I believe that there are more doing it right than there are yes. doing it wrong. And that does, and just because you disagree with a the decision, there go that conversation again. But even from last week, uh-huh. doesn't yeah. mean that it's, it's 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 there's malice or negativity around. It just means that, for example, the ministry that we're a part of, I'm gonna I'm say one of the ministries we were a part of to protect the mm-hmm. innocent, they made a big purchase on some tech equipment, oh, without thoroughly researching. Right. And eventually had to spend more money to fix it, to do all these other types of things because they didn't do their research. That goes back right. to that point of I ain't agree with it, but they were transparent. And when they when we were yeah. raising certain funds for it, like the evidence, the fruit was there. Yeah, the they, I mean, there. they ended up giving us a banana when we asked for an apple, but it was it was it was still fruit, nonetheless. It was still there. It was yeah. still fruit. So I just want to I just want to say there are clear examples of mm-hmm. ministries doing, and that's just a money example, but tons of things right, investing in communities, all these different types of things versus there. And and here's the thing. So go, so I'm using that to answer your question. What they did get right was that the stuff that happened in Hunk for Jesus happens. Right, mm-hmm. yep. scandal happens. Um, leaders, yep. and let, let's talk about um, Promised Land Church or the other church, right? And how yeah. they began Hope, Hope, Heaven's House, whatever it was. I wasn't at the Heaven's House, whatever. Yeah, it Heaven's was. House. How they got uh, self righteous. Yep. When the people start leaving and going from one church, because we've seen that happen in churches before. We one have. church has oh, an exodus, and then you see certain churches begin. Especially in Atlanta, you see, certain mm-hmm. church ain't nothing but a high, a whole bunch of these folk now go here because right. that was the next big popping church, or you know, yeah. and, and you saw how those leaders began to change, and and that's yep. why, again, that's why I believe I'm saying it's probably my third or fourth time saying it. The scandal that they depicted was real, but I think it was the basis of a conversation of how mm-hmm. unchecked power and accountability yes. leads to these very negative and dangerous tropes. In the black church, because this yep. one couple who probably started off all cool, now they got a random influx of a thousand people. Right. Bro, imagine going from imagine the pastor, you got a hundred people, and then all of a sudden a thousand folks show up. Mm-hmm. You went from yep. you went from a, a a not quite a storefront, but a you know, average sized church to a mini mega. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because anything over they say like five hundred is considered mini mega. So you yeah. went to a mini mega church. And you're in the process of getting mega stats, and now the wife is all of a sudden a co-pastor, and she won that at right. first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now all of a sudden you super prayerful. You having all these conferences, and you you know your 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 marriage counseling books up. Right. You know, so it changed, and that kind of stuff happens when you get a right. certain level. Me and Brian talked about this. When we get a certain level of money, or certain people go on this podcast, we gonna act different because we that's are. just what's gonna happen, right? But at the same, <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, I don't think our our overall motives and character will change. So right. I think on one end, and and I'll, I'll pass it to you. On one end, I think they got a lot of stuff right in terms of this stuff happens. 
a mm-hmm. lot of the stuff happens. Maybe yes. different details, but it happens in some shape, form, or fashion. I think what they got wrong, in my opinion, um, one of the clear things you talked about a beginning, middle, and end, I felt like it you you gave the perfect description when it said it felt like a sitcom because I felt like it had uh, a season three, episode five ending. Mm-hmm. For a movie, I like an ending. Yeah. I understand that characters and scenarios live on, right in in right. the in their quote unquote world. But the way it, especially if you used that story to be the basis of this movie, I felt like it should have took it should have sped up and took us on a journey toward like yeah the first Sunday like the car speeding without you know spoiler alert the car speeding in the, what was that right. what did that even represent like that that was too deep for me to get. Because yeah. I had no idea what that meant. Um, the five people coming to church, yeah, but realistically, again, if you understand the church, a few, if if for no other reason than being nosy, it was going to be at least a hundred people in that church. Yep. So, so there were certain things that were, and even the conversation that Regina Hall's character had with Sterling Brown's character at the end, that was her taking a stance in some stuff. Mm-hmm. How did that? You yep. know, say how did that affect the future of the? You know, say like. Yep. So I'm not saying that we needed 30 more minutes. I just feel like that some stuff could have been condensed so that we could have got a more of a conclusion of the matter, or at least give us, like you gave in the beginning, this, you know, some word. And then all of a sudden, the background videographer started talking out of nowhere. Right. So it was like little stuff like that. It was like, why don't you, (laughs) like, like, girl, you could have spoke, because they were directly talking to you several times. And you refuse to speak. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, were you triggered by like so there were a few things? Um right. who like yeah, there was just a few things. Um Yeah. Yeah. How about you? What what did you see right and wrong? Yeah, yeah I think to your point earlier, <clears throat> I would agree. Everything in that movie actually happens to a certain level. Did they was it hyperbole? Was it satirical? Did they make things much bigger? Yes. Um, are there literally people out there that are just like the pastor at the end? And I'm not spoiling time, but he was like, "Yeah, they here for me." I'm a, you know, this is that again. Why well, I think the the scandal was the basis, but that's the stuff right there, Brian. <laughs> yeah, and but and I and I think your 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 point was the unchecked power and accountability and, and lack of accountability is what creates these monsters. Yes, um, and you got to understand too is that people that are pastors are just people, right? And they had the same trauma you had growing up. They they have certain needs. It's all it's the same thing. And and, and it's no different than the athlete who gets this this big deal, becomes a star, and then just blows his life up or her life up because they can't handle the fame. It's the same, it's the same thing, right? It's mm-hmm. just unchecked. Mm-hmm. And and understanding when you go to a certain level in any organization, especially if you have a certain level of power the level of accountability may continue to decrease and diminish, right? And you become self-absorbed and you're and you, ego maniacal. I want to said that correctly. But that's in any organization. Look at any person who's any of great leader, great power. They start feeling themselves. Hitler, Donald Trump, uh, Jim Jones, right? All these people, they got a certain level of power, maybe have some insecurities as children. They get to a certain place. People are applauding for them. People care about them. Then they have this God complex, and and the higher they get, the more unchecked it is. You about to say something? No, I was just gonna say, think about the ministry we were a part of, 
maybe two or three pastors before him. Exactly. Super successful. And I believe amazingly anointed, but could yeah. not handle the level of heights that that church reached. No. And that was and that was the critical issue. I don't think it was anything else. I don't think I think he went so unchecked for so long that when he got yep. there, handling that was way beyond his scope. Yep. And and it happens. And it, to me, I think the point it happens everywhere. Mm-hmm. It happens in every single place. Should it be better in church? Because you think, oh, your 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 foundation is God, yeah. and, and faith and stuff like that. Should it be better? Sure. Do do I believe that people have a certain level of 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 justifying saying that it should be better? I get it, but I think sometimes we 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 take out rationale, and we think just because of the organization and the setting that you're looking for a certain level of perfection. Mm-hmm. And I think the last point I want to say is. Your, um, um, your position will alter your perception, mm-hmm. right? If you're just sitting in the pews, yes, you have no idea. And can we make that a little bit more clear for people who may not get it? We ain't talking about necessarily position as in title, because that's true. But I think right. what you're alluding to, Brian, is your proximity. Yes, <laughs> yes, um, because even. Uh, we can attest to the fact that we've had situations uh, where we were just apart or sitting in the pews. Then you had some level of access and proximity to certain leaders and certain organizations, and you were over ministries. And I was over ministries. Dark devils are people. I'm about to say proximity, even from like you talk about sitting in the pews, bro. Even from sitting in the middle of the church to the front, the things that you hear, it's, the people who are like everything proximity wise. Your level of exposure yes. to certain things just it it gets more it gets more intense. Yeah, and then you 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 develop a certain level of understanding, and once you understand certain things how it work, I don't I don't even know what I'm what I'm trying to get to, but I think that's what a lot of I think a lot of the issue is, especially from the outside looking in, is you really a lot of people don't know because they're they're not close enough to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and am I uh, am I? I'm not justifying anything. Nope. But I think as I've grown in this thing and I've worked in certain op- in organizations and I've worked in secular and ecumenical organizations, mm-hmm. every every organization is the same. Yep. And the reason why every organization is the same because people are going people. People niggas going nigg, cracks going crack. Hotep's going to tell. You know, Hotep's going to tell. <laughs> yep. Folks is going to be people, it's gonna people right? Gonna be people. And, yep. People are going to be people. And when we have the certain level of grace and understand that people are going to be people and people have had all the same trials and tribulations and they have been formed from all kinds of places and backgrounds, you know, have the grace to say, you know what? This organization may not be for me. This church may not be for me, um, but I wouldn't dare walk away from my faith because because this person um, you know, did something to me. And, and I don't know if that's my that's my takeaway from this conversation, I guess. No, and mine too. And I and I just wanna I wanna do two last things and I'll give it to you to officially wrap up, Brian. Was one thing I think we saw that in the movie with the jail guy who was cleaning the, the grounds. Yes. He admitted he yeah. was like, I left, but bruh, if it weren't for your sermons, my mm-hmm. life would be crazy, right? So I think that's yep. a testament to your point. I can't get with this. 
But I also am wise enough to acknowledge if it wasn't for you, I don't know where I would be. So that's one thing. When you talk about maybe dismissing from the organization or whatever, but still holding on to your faith. Uh, I think another part is that this is not a conversation I think Brian and I are having to, one, excuse any behavior. Not at all. It's not a conversation to say that um, you were necessarily – what was I about to say? Um, not to excuse in behavior or a situation for you to stay in things and not have your non-negotiables is what I was going to say. Right. I think right. we all have, like, and again, going back to my original point, we were talking about the marriages. I think we all have, I think there are some, you know, I do believe in universal truths. Yes. Even though we don't like to talk about it, I believe that there are, just like we say, black people ain't a monolith. But if you say right. stuff like, did your mama have a Kroger bag full of Kroger bags? 90% of the we room don't. is going to agree, <laughs> right? Right. And to me, 90%, that almost makes it a universal truth. Um, because how many times right. have we seen memes and stuff where we say, how do we all grow up in the same house? Or how do we all go to the same church? Blah, 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 blah. So when I say I believe in universal truths, I do believe that there are certain things that we that most people can agree on right. in terms of non-negotiables about loyalty and staying in relationships. But I also believe that even in those truths, the where we don't become a monolith is the nuances around that truth. Right? Yeah. So for some person, it could be like the guy on the movie cleaning the grounds had that perspective. The yeah. other person, the woman with the baby, left the church, but then came and cussed out the first lady. Mm-hmm. Both left the church, both agreed yeah. that I can't stay, but had two different perspectives on how they now yep. view the leader. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's where the non-monolithic Things and tones come from. So what we're saying is, yep. you have the right to believe and react in many ways that you choose. But yep. just all things considered, understand that while we can have greater conversations around the church, that there is mm-hmm. a bigger thing in play. That, yep. um, like that, this movie or these incidents is not a majority representation. Of, from my experience, from what happens in the church. And that, and that doesn't mean that there are perfect churches. No, nope. It does, to Brian's point, a lot of organizations got mess and politics and stuff like that. But I believe that there are a lot of people who are doing their best, as human as they are, doing their best right. that they can to do this thing the right way. So I, I just wanted to, if you're going to take anything we say, yes, take that last minute that I have. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't say it better myself, man. Yeah. Uh, the, grateful for this conversation. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, let us know. We would love to talk about it. Uh, some things you may have disagreed with, you know, hit us up. Ask as long Jigsaw, as you're respectful, we, we, we're willing yeah. to have a conversation. Always willing. Definitely willing to have a conversation. Because uh, we do understand people have different perspectives, different life challenges, and things that they've gone through. They may be different than ours, but we're always open to hear uh, and have dialogue regarding those situations. Again, we're not excusing anything. Not, well, we do believe in accountability, uh, but also we believe in dialogue and discussions and conversations regarding certain situations and topics. All right. So um, wrapping up this conversation, let's get over to I'm a Brother's Keeper, Black Person Self-Care. Let's do it. Let's go. All right. Ooh, 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 right, we are here. I am my brother's keeper, black person, self-care. Where we talk about what we do to take care of our black selves. Josh, what are you doing currently or plan on doing uh, to take care of yourself? Um, I, I, what New Orleans taught me is that um, because it was, 
Let me just say one more thing. This was the first trip Ash and I took just as a couple. We never right, had a really. honeymoon, and we also never had a, every trip that we've taken. Even if it was just us, it was either if in the opportunities when it was just she and I, it was for something, for a funeral, mm. for a wedding. Mm-hmm. Uh, we never took a trip together just for the sake of being together. And that's wow, what New it. Orleans was. So it reminded me because I didn't have the distractions of an event or and not to say that my crew is a distraction, but yeah, we took some pictures and had some IG stories, but I was more present. Mm-hmm. Um, so after I recorded a few moments, it was us laughing together. It was us dancing. It. it was us. So for me, I am making a better commitment in the last parts of the year to be more present uh, in the moment. Um, I will say, while balancing um, the dichotomy of making sure I pr- I have memories. So mm-hmm. one thing I envy about our parents and that generation was like all the the Polaroids and instant pictures and all this stuff. Like my mom has right. like two large, extra large moving boxes full of pictures. Wow. But and I and sometimes we in Memphis, we go through it, bro, and it's just like, wow, look at the memories. Mm-hmm. And we have it in our phone, but sometimes to make a space, we put it in a digital cloud, and it ain't the same right. flipping through pictures nah. versus looking through an, an album. But I understand what season we're in, so I'm not negating the digital footprint. What I'm saying is right. that I want to be in the moment while also recognizing I need to take this picture of my son. Um, my grandmother's 96. I need to take a picture. You know what I'm saying? Like stuff like still making sure I capture moments, but after the mm-hmm. moment's been captured, then right. moving on. Um, so I don't know, just being intentional in that way. That's kind of my self-care. How about for you? Uh I'm gonna be redoing my calendar. Uh Oof. go on my calendar. That is not self-care for me. <laughs> from yeah. The results uh, of it. I get you. I hear the you. results of it. Yeah, yeah, the results of it. Um is because I feel like it's just getting it's getting ridiculous like um my travel schedule has picked up a lot um but then also as you know i do like online trainings and stuff like that yeah um but then i still got to make sure i'm finding time to spend quality time with my daughter and i have a wife too so it's been time quality time with both of them because they both require different levels of quality time um so i what i my plan is the result of the of the self-care will come out of looking at my current from today to the end of the year calendar and then finding space and time to get rid of some stuff. If I can get rid of it, um, blocking some stuff, if I can block it off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also um, adding space uh, and being more intentional with being present. As you said, I'm kind of piggyback on that being present with my family. Uh, Cause I feel like we, uh, I could be missing moments that I, I don't want to miss um, at all. And I got friends too. Like you, we haven't hung out in a minute. Um, I hung out with Chris recently, but it, it was like less than 24 hours. Um, so stuff like that. Yeah. And that's it. I hear you, bro. Um, I'm gonna ask you this live on the show. Do we want to get into okay. the letter or do we want to wait till next week? Cause we, we, um, we've been on the mic for a while. We have been on the mic for a while. We can, we can wait till next week. Okay. We can wait till next All week. All right. So we'll, we'll wait till next week and get to y'all letter. But if that's, uh, with that being said, and accepted, let's get into a greater conversation and wrap up the show. Let's do it. Let's go. Let me talk. Let me talk. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, as we wrap up the show, we're going to go into a greater conversation. Greater conversations for those that aren't familiar with the shows where we talk about things 
that may be going on our nerves. There's some things we want to get off our chest. I say it all the time that tomorrow is not promised, so cuss them out today. Oh, Josh, yes. what is it that you have to get off of your, your chest? Real quick, so we talked about Serena earlier, right? And mm. I feel like in many cases, not just black women, but black people can't get the shine that they really deserve without some upset, pale white person coming in (laughs) feeling as though that they deserve the same type of honor and you're talking about that was gonna be my grader okay so maybe we can tag team here um (laughs) so you know serena is considered the goat and all these kinds of things and people have been praising her about you know what she's done on the court off the court how she was able to bounce back from injuries and motherhood and blah 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 so this old Lily White, prune cobbler, bigoted, dried, coochie white woman came Mm -hmm. on Blue Ivy's internet and began to say, in so many words, while Serena might be cool. Oh, girl. See, I I hate an ad. That's why why people write that. <laughs> Listen, I'm pulling up the news article so I can be very because uh, I want it to be very accurate in what I'm saying. Basically, saying mm-hmm. that while Serena's good, ain't nobody hype me up like this. Margaret Court, right? <laughs> Margaret Court yes. is now 80, Australian tennis player. She had an interview with the Telegraph, and she basically said, "I've admired." Well, she said, and "I quote Serena, I've admired her as a player, but I don't think she has ever admired me, girl." So. Who are you? And then she says, <laughs> Serena has played seven years more than I did. I finished in my early 30s. People forget that I took two years out. I first retired like Ash Barty when I was 25, thinking I would never return to tennis. I got married, had a baby, then had one of my best years winning 24 out of 25 tournaments. I came back after two babies, she continued. After having the first baby, I won three out of the four slams, and Serena hasn't won a slam since. Baby girl, what's your name? Let me talk to you. You must have had several drinks because there is no reason why you can have an adequate comparison. Like, y'all know I'm not a real sports savant, but one thing that I get really sick of as Mm an adjacent sports expert is Mm -hmm. these who was the best. Uh, mm. uh, 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 Wilt Chamberlain, Michael Jordan, or LeBron James, or the new sensation coming out of high school. Like, the rules of the <laughs> games are different. The culture of the game is different. Like, the surrounding right. players and who was in the league at the time in which they played is different. The drive of each one of them. Like, there are so many factors that you can't right. really look at nothing but the stats. And let's take the Mike and LeBron situation. If you look at the stats, Mm -hmm. it can be easily argued that LeBron is a much better player. But when you start looking at some of the conditions around Michael Jordan, then you'd be like, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Wait a minute. Mike did some things. LeBron probably could Mm -hmm. not have done as successfully in that situation. Um, So I'm saying the same thing. Like, yeah, you came back after two babies. But, like, you said you took two years off. Serena, ain't Serena in her 40s or almost 40? Right. So you're like, so you were significantly younger when you came back. Right. Let's let's take it there. The competition may not have been as 
uh what was I about to say as um as intense yeah. as it is for Serena let's do that number three mm-hmm. you do you will never face the same level of pressure that Serena faced as a black woman in right. a predominantly white sport and then let's also right. keep it a hundred percent of a book that the tournaments that you were referring to were were low key I read somewhere that they were amateur tournaments they weren't even on the same mm-hmm. level of professional tennis playing that Serena has been playing on right and why and why does it make you any less great because this woman didn't admire you? Right. When somebody says they're top five rappers of all time and don't mention Biggie, as a Biggie fan, I might be a little taken aback. But I don't know that right. if Biggie was alive, he would have been like, oh, that nigga's trash because he didn't admire me. No, he just like he had somebody else in his top five. <laughs> like, that's literally all it means. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like I'm so tired of black people receiving their flowers, doing what they need to do. Then some white person wants to pop up and be like, but what about me? Nigga, what about you? Right. What about you? You have hundreds of years of it being about you. And you were right. mediocre then. I tell you, ain't nothing louder than a mediocre white person who think they great. Mm-hmm. And y'all mm-hmm. can put that on the shirt. Ain't nothing louder than a mediocre white person <laughs> who thinks they great. Right. <sighs> Go ahead, Rex. Margaret. Yeah, Margaret and <laughs> and no disrespect to, but no disrespect, all disrespect. Um, I didn't even know who this lady was until until the. <laughs> so to me, that believe that to me that lends me to believe that even the tennis world don't think doo doo about you because if you was a living legend like you say you are, because listen, you would be in conversations. Listen. Kobe Bryant is going to talk about Michael Jordan and Wilt Chamberlain and, and Bill Russell. Uh, Shaq is going to talk about you know all these people in the history. Athletes are going to talk about other the folks athletes who <laughs> are athletes, especially in their genre. Yes, I've never heard of tennis players mention Margaret Margaret Court. Court. Not 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 a one time. That's because she was playing amateur matches. Like no one was. I've heard of Martina Navratilova. I've heard of Chris Everett. I've heard of Stephanie Graf. I never heard of this person. Not one chance in my life. And if you have tennis players who aren't calling you the goat, who are considered like the goat, like Stephanie Graf and them, they may you know they may say, "Oh no, Serena's it." Like, and if the people that are in the industry that are in your sport don't even don't even come for you, don't check for you, baby, you ain't even in the conversations. You're not in a conversation, so like just just stay over there, and do what you do. Go back to Australia, you know, stay in Australia, do your ministry work. You Whatever know, not you against doing. what you're doing over there, but like just. And let me sit tell back. you one more thing: <laughs> you made the comparison <laughs> about you come back after a, don't you? And that what makes the argument even worse, Brian. To your point, mm-hmm. if you were such a great, people would have been compared to your maternity comeback to Serena's. Yeah, it wasn't even it, a, it wasn't even a mention in conversation. Like it's no, just it, now coming out because you said something. Like no one even mentioned that because no one cares. And, and to that point, like no, I've never heard her mentioned. Yes, only because like, you know how like, easy it would have been to been like, oh, Serena, like Serena came back, but hey, here was this you know tennis great who had ten, you know, two babies, and she came back and killed it. Like you, that would that would have been a talk, especially for the white folk who hate Serena. That would have been a talking point, right. girl. You wanted you couldn't even yeah. be an adequate white savior. Right, like you failed your people. No one, no one knows you. Like, <laughs> no, nobody knows you. 
Like you were a terrible. You were not the great white hype that everybody thought you could be. Not at all. No. And and you just want the praise, and that's it. You know. Who is Chuck that's Berry? <laughs> that's, that's that's what we're saying about you. That, <laughs> Your that black Berry will be mad. mad. <laughs> <laughs> We'll be mad. And with that being said, us and accepted. Brian, you got anything else? I don't want to move on. Man, that's it, brother. Okay. That's all I got. That being said, us and accepted. We'll be mad. Yo, that black man will be mad. Be mad. No, we need in this episode. That black man will be mad. <laughs> uh, with that being said, us and accepted. This is another episode of the Jigsaw Podcast. We want to thank you as always for hanging in there with us, for supporting us, for getting us to what is now 102 episodes. We are over the decade mark. Uh, I mean, over the century mark, and we really appreciate you all. Uh, this episode is a little bit longer than usual if you're new to the show. Uh, but me and Brian, sometimes we just have a lot of fun. And when we talk about music and certain topics, you know, we get stuck there. And don't let us start talking about the church. Right. You know. Oh, yeah. Because we, you Music know. and church. Two things that we know. I mean, two things that we know. We know like the crevices <laughs> on our bodies. We know those two <laughs> subjects. Uh, but we do want to thank you all for rocking with us, for hanging in there for the whole two hours and some change. Um, and we will be back next week with another amazing episode. But until then, oh, Brian, what did you have? Oh, is it Elephant Heaven? <laughs> Brian, what you got? We'll be back. Uh, um, that's it man. Uh, we, we appreciate you we love you we we, um, we know we would be amazing without you but we were great with you as yeah. well uh, we're greater with you um, support by following us on social media I am Brian here I am Josh Rogers Jigsaw Podcast check out the website Jigsaw Podcast send us any notes if you want to five stars or nothing at all if you're going to rate us send us some comments let us know how great we are if you have a topic you want to talk about let us know. We'll talk about it. We, we would love to hear your voice. Uh, if you have anything, weddings, bar mitzvahs, parties, please invite us. We probably won't Not show up, but we would still love to be invited. Um, other than that, Josh, let the people know what they need to do before we uh, head out of here. Yes, you can do uh, all you can while you can in the very best ways that you can, but in the midst of your doing, do not get caught with your work undone. Adios. Peace. Peace.